Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. That's right. From uh, Sami Zayn winning or t- getting turned on to uh, Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble. It's been happening in a squared circle this week. At least that's the thing I used to say. Craps a D will have it covered. Welcome to Grapsity. I'm Will Washington. Philip Lindsay's also here. Yeah. Uh, sorry, took us a minute. Uh, technical difficulty uh. now. <laughs> but it is what it is. I, I, uh, it, it was bad too. It was like uh, if it wasn't issues as far as like it started with Reg, and then all of a sudden like Phil's computer's giving him problems, and like I think the only reason mine wasn't is because I do so many shows at this point. I just keep Streamyard open. And so, <laughs> like I never just actually, permanently open on your computer. <laughs> I like never left Streamyard from the time that I did the last show. <laughs> I actually came down and I was like, "Why is my camera? Oh yeah, that's right. I never turned it off after the last show." Uh, so, you know. But also, there's like never anybody in this space anyway. So if you're thinking Streamyard is spying on my house. Uh, you're not getting anything out of that because <laughs> nothing happening in this room. Also here, though, is Righteous Reg. It's your boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster, also having technical difficulties. So I'm hooked up to uh, Ethernet cable like it's old school, like we're 1996, to make sure this connection is hidden because we got to talk about Uncle Howdy. <laughs> What's so funny, Will Washington? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't want to talk guys. about Uncle Howdy? Oh, I want to talk about Uncle Howdy. Are you kidding me? Of course I want to talk about Uncle Howdy. I could do Uncle Howdy all week. Listen, uh, that three seconds from SmackDown was like the hottest thing that they've done all this whole time. Oh, wow. This that is three seconds of Bray being in the chair, Uncle Howdy touching his shoulder and then looking back. Hot. Everything right. else, trash. I mean, uh, 
right, look, we got a lot to talk about mm-hmm. this week. Um, and I, I want to start off by saying thank you, everybody, for being patient for the late start. Uh, and if you uh, want to send us a super chat and support what we do here and help us continue to do this show, look, youtube.com slash Fightful. That's where they're at. Uh, and leave us a thumbs up while you're there. Just you're sitting there, just hit that thumbs up button and then don't think about it again. Uh, and also humperchats.com is how you could send us a humper chat. Uh, and I have those open in another window. Uh, at least I want to make sure I have them open in another window. Let's just go over to the tab that I normally keep that open in. And bam, I got humper chats up. The humpus. The humpus. Uh, so. Again, uh, you could send us Humper Chats. We actually got one. Uh, this one was sent hours ago. And that's the beauty of Humper Chats is that you could send those at any time. Uh, so Anwar, just thinking about sending us a question. Uh, how long ago was this? You sent this five hours ago. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Anwar. Appreciate you. Had to have been like five o'clock in the morning. That's all right. Mm-hmm. But again, he says, is Seth? In the same position with Roman that Naito found himself with Okada when his epic run was going. Uh, and then a follow-up question was, how would the world look at Scotty Pippen, uh, Pippen if he won the NBA championship in 93-94 or, or 98-99? Uh, keep up the great work. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Seth, man. I, it, I, I get that they... I get that they think uh, wrestling Logan Paul is a big deal because, you know, the mainstream attention and everything. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of weird that this is the second year in a row that you've brought him to WrestleMania with no real storyline. With nothing. Yeah. And and I feel like he's clearly been the MVP of that company last year. Like, I don't even think that's really debatable. Like, um, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. But it is what it is. Like, I think I think uh, at least that match is going to be good. I thought uh, that quote from the interview he did outside of uh, WWE where he's talking about Logan, he was cooking. Um, mm-hmm. But this is, again, when we talked about the CM Punk thing and people were like, oh, he's shooting. I was like, listen to how he was talking in character in that in that interview. It's very similar to how he was talking about CM Punk and other thing with Nick Houseman. No, he's, he's, he's working. Right. I think this is kind of the issue with WrestleMania and the part-time thing. This is the the complete issue is Seth Rollins, just like you said, has been the MVP of WWE. Every time he's on screen, he's trying to be the best that he could be. And then when it comes to the big show, they're like, well, we need these spots for these guys that aren't here all the time. And it's pretty unfortunate for a guy like Seth Rollins, who deserves to be in the fucking main event, if we're keeping it real, you know? Yeah, I've I've been chuckling every time. He is in the ring with Austin Theory now, and he's supposed to be promoting this Elimination Chamber match, United States Championship match, and he's just like, nah, I want to headline WrestleMania. Right. <laughs> he just keeps saying it like, yo, like he's made it known, like, no, nah, that's what I want to do. I don't want to mm-hmm. be here. I want to be over there. <laughs> yeah, totally. And he deserves it. And then for the second part of the question, we just had a 2323 day yesterday, right? Like that was a big deal in Chicago where they're like people – uh, were they bald head, bald caps all over the city yesterday, Phil, or what? Nah. <laughs> um, I, the, the I'm just thinking part... of that one picture of that guy that's all dressed in uh, Michael Jackson gear with the bald, he bald head. He's like doing Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan cosplay. Yeah, the uh, the second part of that question is interesting because uh, 
don't know, man. Pip has been kind of on the shit list for like the last year or so. <laughs> he he went on that press tour and he was saying a lot of weird stuff, and I was just like, a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, what are you on, Pip? But um, I do think that he would be seen differently if at least if the Bulls made it to the finals that year after uh uh Mike stepped away, and I think he came out of that looking pretty bad because at least. They showed it again in Last Dance, him not wanting to go back in the in a game when Phil made the play for Ku Coach instead of him, and he took it away. And as we've seen in the press tour he's been on, he was on last year, he still felt a way that he didn't get that play. He didn't get a chance to prove himself in that moment. And I've always read that very differently than he did. I felt like Phil was trying to save him from himself because yeah. I feel like, it wasn't so much that he didn't believe Pip could, could make that shot. That's specifically what Kukoc was brought here for. He was specifically brought here for those kind of plays. So he knew Kukoc could hit that shot. Um, but just the fact that there was a question of if Pip can hit that shot, he didn't want to put him in a spot where if he missed that shot, then that would be the question from now on. He would have, it might have damaged his confidence. Mm. And that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. You're supposed to put people in positions where you know they're going to succeed. I mean, that's why he, if Jackson got all the rings. He ain't got all the rings for nothing. Yeah. yeah. But I do think people would have looked at him very differently, at least if he made it to the finals without Mike. Um, because now it looks like all of his success came next to Michael Jordan. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. the This last couple of months with um, – with Larza and uh, <laughs> and Marcus Jordan, shit! <laughs> what a saga! What uh, a saga! That but I mean, even not even just that the Larza and future stuff. Larza yeah, been yeah. out here, bro. Like, oh, but uh, but the thing is, like, future's one thing. Marcus Jordan is a like Michael Jordan other. is crazy. <laughs> like, future is like, oh, okay, but Michael Jordan's son is wild. That's about as wild as you can get. Yeah, yeah. I. I don't know, man. Shout Pip out to is, her though. Pip She's is fine. taking some. Pip is taking some L's definitely recently. It, but you know, hey, shout out to the guy. You know, hopefully the whatever the whiskey brand is selling well. I don't know how well that book is selling. Um, I'm sure him and Isaiah Thomas go to lunch and just bury Mike. I know he hates Isaiah too. <laughs> no, Pip <laughs> hates Isaiah, bro. <laughs> oh no, Isaiah was on everybody's shit list. No, nah, nah, Pip hates him, man. <laughs> Uh, we got some other super chats. Uh, this one is from Kyle. It says, I usually don't miss an episode of Grab City, but after seeing that Bray match and y'all's reaction to it on Twitter, this is one I knew I couldn't miss. Bray can cut a promo, but when it comes to the big match, Reg is absolutely right. Bray leave, is him. Leave me out of this. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I want no parts in there. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, you know what? The smoke? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, Bray. What a guy. But again, they made it like, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to give my little bitty take. Just make horror movies, dude. Just be a horror villain like you want to be. Because that video that they showed last night, it was like, this guy's right. fucking Mike Myers. This guy's Jason. It's like, just go be that so we don't have to go through these bullshit matches <laughs> that are the worst fucking matches I've ever seen. That you take all the heat off the person that you're wrestling that's supposed to be getting over. How do you get? And then. Like, Will Washington said that, like, L.A. Knight looked horrible. I didn't think so. And then they played that clip, and I was like, damn, Bray fucking buried him. He's, like, walking through his strikes. I'm like, dude, you're not Jason. 
This isn't a fucking <laughs> Friday the 13th movie. Why are we doing this? And if you want to do this, bring back WWE films. See No Evil 3 with fucking Bray No Wyatt, Evil 3. And we'll be good. You got Rob P or whatever his name is. Go make the movie so we don't have to see this bullshit. Look, okay. Um, and when I said that, because um, I don't like to use the term buried a lot. I really don't. But, you know, when I think about a, quote, burial, per se, the thing that uh, I try to pay attention to is what the other person got out of it. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was like, Braid it, take a bump in that match. <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> you take the table bump in the fucking Mountain Dew drips or whatever that was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like... Are, so that, is we, that what are, that was supposed to be? Wait, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so are we officially into Bray Talk now? Uh, I, w- I want to read a few more Super Chats. Let's get the early ones out. Because there's a lot to talk about here. Because, for example, mm-hmm. um, I think this is going to be a huge topic today. Jake Salzer said, WWE about to Batista Cody and Brian- and Daniel Bryan Sammy. I don't think that's the Fake case. News. And the reason I don't think that's the case is because uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. But I, I think it's not quite... This time it's different. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I think the biggest difference is that uh, there was no alternative, like what the alternative plan was for Daniel Bryan was nothing. It was like, uh, they didn't on the show. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I mean, cause he was supposed to uh, like all the Wyatt family stuff. Speaking of Bray Wyatt, um, was Brian was just supposed to stick with the group. That gear he wore at WrestleMania was Wyatt family attire, right. uh, that he was going to be involved in all the stuff that was happening with Cena. And then, uh, it was like, well, they never finished the world title story. Like Sammy's getting his world title match. That was the issue with Brian was that it was like Brian got screwed out of the WWE title. Uh, what the last match he had was Hell in a Cell, Randy Orton. He got screwed by Shawn Michaels, and then we moved on. We never yeah. like it wasn't like a oh okay he's gonna get some comeuppance on uh, on Shawn Michaels. He's gonna get some comeuppance on uh, or Shawn Michaels is gonna get his comeuppance. Hunter's gonna get his comeuppance. Somebody's gonna get something for what happened to Brian at Hell in a Cell. No, they just plan to move on and just it like now nah, we're moving Brian over into this Wyatt family thing and that's it. Yeah, the uh, difference was is like the fans forced Daniel Bryan and in this case they forced Sami Zayn. Like they did this, they got themselves in this position, not the fans. Like they booked this to for fans to really get into this. Kind of different than like us hijacking the show. It wasn't like really yeah, a hijack. I, yeah. But like here's here's a good example, right? Uh, I think here here would be an apt comparison. So it's looking like if I were to make a prediction that Jay Uso where he's at right now is probably you know, everybody's wondering what's Jey Uso going to do. He's not there. I bet you he returns and at Elimination Chamber turns on Sami Zayn, yeah. realigns with his family. Right. And then that leads to WrestleMania, so Kevin and Sami versus the mm-hmm. Usos. Right. So. But also. The thing, but the thing is, so let's go back to the Daniel Bryan comparison. Daniel Bryan did have his title match at Hell in a Cell against Randy Orton. And then Shawn Michaels turned on. Sammy's er, turned on Daniel Bryan, cost him the WWE Championship. If the plan at that time was, all right, now at WrestleMania, it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels, the fans would have accepted that. They would have been like, oh shit, a dream match, Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels. You know, yeah, he got screwed out of the title, but at least he's now going after the person who screwed him. 
people would have accepted that. They would have, would have actually been like, okay, this is actually really cool and a much better thing for Daniel Bryan. Because at least that story is getting paid off. But they didn't. Literally the next night, Daniel Bryan is just like, I'm not going after Shawn Michaels. It was like, <laughs> okay, then what are we doing here? Yeah, uh, so, I, I, yeah I, it's just not the same thing. Because It's not as, the same. As, as uh, Sammy made very clear last night, he never wanted anything from Roman. This was right. never about being champion for him. It was always about being champion for Cody. So it's not the same thing at all. It's not mm-hmm. the same. But we'll Cody get a little was trying more. to be WWE champion in AEW. Like, that's how hard he's been going for this title. <laughs> but, like, Van Twinblade says, Sammy must take the Universal title. They will Brian him if it's he doesn't. Happen. I don't think so. And I don't think it's, it's happening. Happen. I don't. I think the story between Sammy and Roman is going to get its conclusion. But it's yes. going to get it at Elimination Chamber. But I'll right. say this. This is the most anybody has had to talk about a WWE major storyline in years. So, so look, we they have done something right here. This is a, a storyline we're all into. It. I watched SmackDown. Yeah. Um, big, well, I want to talk about that, too. Uh, big Hero Chris says, I drank a Mountain Dew Pitch Black now, <laughs> and now Uncle Howdy is outside of my job. Help me, please. I mean, if, if this match was supposed to promote Pitch Black, it worked because I've seen a lot of people on the timeline drinking pitch black or making yeah. jokes about pitch black. Definitely. This yeah, was to uh, get attention on Mountain Dew, then hey, the corporate yeah. was corporate and it worked. Give an assist to young oh. Cody, though, for his uh, press conference, though, because he, yeah. he did his Cody, work too. In 30 seconds. Co- Cody definitely did the <laughs> I got the Sprite in you, uh, twist it and, and take a zip and look straight in the camera. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Yeah, I just hope that this isn't one of those cases where uh, we see a commercial in a few years that says, in 2023, did you drink a Mountain Dew pitch black? If so, you may be entitled to compensation. You may have mesothelioma. <laughs> Not mesothelioma. <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting, like, at, at one point, like, Cody taking a sip, like, hmm, you can really taste the spermicide. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when? Remember when people thought that Mountain Dew made Mountain you? Um, yeah, was, like that. That was a crazy time. time. Period. People yeah. really believed like Mountain Dew made you sterile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I, mean, I was like, I that not, it wasn't true. Like I was like, I I am not taking chances. I am Seriously? not drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> like, have I, I was seen the science fact sheet yet? I don't know if it's not true. I was definitely one of them teenagers who was like, I want kids one day. Keep me away from Mountain Dew. And look, I got two kids. So obviously. I guess it worked yeah. for you. And I don't drink Mountain Dew. So I have the anecdotal evidence that it works. Uh, let's see. So we also got uh, Marcus Thomas says, 12 steps for Wyatt fans. Vignettes, hype, talk for months, storytelling, let it play out, announce the match, happy, bad match, <laughs> denial, make excuses, blame WWE slash Vince and repeat. <laughs> That's actually really accurate. <laughs> I mean, meh. What I time. mean, look, the sad thing is, and the reason I say this is because this doesn't just describe Bray in his current form. Like, literally, this is the fiend. Meh. Uh, but look, I'm not going to spend this whole show dogging on Bray. I didn't even put him in the, the description or graphics because I think the thing to mainly talk about is the, the Sammy Roman 
um, Cody stuff. And there's other yeah. stuff to talk about as well. CBD's Nuts says, what's up, y'all? So glad to be able to watch live today. I'm in ATX, and we had a crazy-ass freezing rainstorm this week. Hundreds of trees down and over 100,000 without power still. Damn. Yeah. Um, Shout wow. out to the people in Texas. I've seen people ice skating out there without ice skates, like, all week. Like, it's been crazy. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I will say, it's been very cold here lately, uh, but we're finally getting some warmer weather. It's 43 today. It's oh, funny. Hey. I say that as warmer, and Reg <laughs> literally posted the other day, 43. 43. As... <laughs> That's freezing. <laughs> I went for a walk yesterday. Freeze. I Yeah, like I was like, damn, I can finally go outside and go for a walk. I went and picked mm-hmm. my son up from school, and we walked home because there's some bully kid that he's uh, – that he he's trying to avoid on his walks so Uh-oh. i figure i i don't know i don't know what the right move on that is right it's like do i Beat step that in little here kid's ass. i'm like do i step in here and like show him that you know at some point dad's around uh and don't don't you know, give him bad advice um because a this lot of parents this is what his daddy look like because a lot of parents give their kids bad advice when it comes to bullies like yeah. the worst advice of all time that all parents at, during a certain time just ignore them that never works yeah, that does not work <laughs> never works worst just time. ignore them they'll go away no they that won't. does not work it will not go <laughs> that away not work. <laughs> so this kid is two years ahead of billy so he's in the fifth ah. grade billy's in the third grade so it's not like somebody from his grade i don't think billy would be afraid of somebody in his grade but this kid's like a foot taller than him and so uh so the funny thing was i had to ask because that determined look it's just going to determine how i handle things mm-hmm. but um me and billy are driving i turn around i go billy is this kid white or black mm-hmm. and billy goes he's white and i was like I okay gonna we're gonna handle this I knew it. Um, and I was like, okay. Because I wasn't sure. I like legit wasn't sure. I, I I wanted to know how. Because there's a different dynamic there when yeah. it's, there just is. And so I, I had to ask. And like, he, Billy could have chimed in and been like, uh, actually, daddy's Mexican. And then would have been like, okay, I, I wasn't prepared for that answer. But so, um, you know, the interesting thing, I had some bullies in my life and they were all black people. Like mm-hmm. I never had a white bully in my life. Oh, no. I mean, well, that's the thing is I grew up around. So I grew up in a black neighborhood. Right. And so that was um, there were literally two white kids in my class. So most of the things I got like bullied for were oddly enough, the stuff I was like most proud of. And mm-hmm. so it was like, well, it's not like things I can run away from because like I was always really good with computers. Like I was Urkel. OK. And that was uh, <laughs> like I, nerd. But, hey, right. But like at the same time, hey. You needed all the codes for your favorite Sega Genesis games. Guess mm-hmm. who's got them memorized? Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure when you start when they started burning CDs, like you were the guy to go to, right? I was the guy for burning CDs. <laughs> and are you kidding me? When I got my first DVD burner in 2002, oh my god! <sighs> yeah, okay. You want that copy of Scary Movie too? Guess who's got it? So, <laughs> <laughs> word. Mm-hmm. I'm not lying. Yeah, either. I know. I believe it. Uh, but so um what was funny was yeah at the time uh but so yeah i i i was mostly like any bullies i ever dealt with um i think i've told the story on this show maybe i haven't that i got beat up over and it's funny because bridge and i were just talking about it before the show but i had this bone thugs and harmony picture that uh <laughs> i forgot this, yeah that this kid beat me up over in the fourth grade um and <laughs> like i i like that kid stomped the shit out of me but um 
I, yeah, I definitely told that story on the show. But anyway, uh, <laughs> for the refresher, <laughs> for the refresher, dumped out over a bone picture. It's That's wild. right. You had the, you had the Same best reaction. response to it at the time. <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. Bro. I forgot. Reg did the whole "What you going to do?" Oh yeah, the way, right there. <laughs> There's nowhere. I don't remember that. <laughs> so anyway though so yeah it, it was one of those things where i i had to kind of approach it differently because there there is a different approach i do have experience with being bullied by other black kids um and then experience with like like the white kid experience is different for me right because i i i had that um you know, one of my worst, my, my childhood trauma, everybody's got that childhood traumatic story. And mine was that we moved when I was 10 out of a predominantly black neighborhood to a predominantly white neighborhood, because that, uh, especially at the time, old black folks, AKA my parents, that's the, the sign that you've moved up is, you know, yeah. When, when can we, yeah. When can we get into, uh, when can we get to the nice neighborhood? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, my parents did it. They, they were able to buy a house and we moved and we got into this neighborhood where all of a sudden I was the only, uh, I was the only black kid. I think I was like one of two black kids in my entire grade. And, uh, and so like my childhood trauma around that was that I remember I sat down at the lunch table and there were these white kids all sitting around. They were just telling jokes. And they see me and they were like, uh, should we stop? And they're like, no, no, no. Maybe he'll find this funny. And uh, they're like, hey, Will, what do you call a bunch of black guys running down a hill? Like, I don't know what. And they're like, a mudslide. <laughs> high five, high five. And I'm like, man, that's like not funny. Like 10-year-old me is like, it's not even that that's offensive. That's just like not funny. It's just not funny. It's not funny. And uh, and then they just started telling a bunch of other racist jokes. They were like talking about Mexicans, all this stuff. And I'm like, have these people like ever met a Mexican? Have these people ever met another black kid? And I remember I went home, said something to my mom. You you, you went home and gave to Jane Smith. I hate it here. Uh, <laughs> so, no, oh, I had gotten there. Yeah, I got close. That happened. Uh, but so I went home. I told my mom. My mom was like, what? My mom storms up to the school the next day. It gets all up in the principal shit. She's like. That is not the experience my son is going to have here. The principal's all apologetic. And she's like, I am so sorry. You know, I, I, this not in my school. That is not a thing that would happen in my school. I very much apologize for your son's not, experience. Not my and, America. And she's mm -hmm. like, and these children will be dealt with. Yeah, and sure they oh, they were. Which yeah. made it fucking worse. Because all of a sudden. Burger King or something? No. no so uh, because all of a sudden. All them kids got detention. All them kids got in trouble for it. And they all looked around and went, well, gee, we were able to tell these jokes before and wouldn't, there weren't any problems. What changed between the now and the last time we were able to tell these jokes? Oh, Will Washington's here. He's the problem. So then it became a problem because then everything became worse at school because I, then I was it, about to say, look, no, this <laughs> the principal totally didn't fix this. These these totally turned into future Trump voters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I, I, I looked them up. I actually uh, to this day because I know their names vividly and I look them up and they got flags in their um, like senators and they're in the no. they're like high up. There Literally, I went to one of their Facebook pages. There's just an eagle and an American flag. And I was like, of course. 
course. Um, But either way, my so that was my experience with that. And I recognize like I spent the rest of my days at that school um, basically feeling like, well, shit, I can't say anything anymore because if I say something, it's going to make the experience worse. Uh, but if I continue to let it happen, then the experience sucks. So, yeah, I did turn into Jade Spit every day. I, I hate it here, right? And so, like, that's my experience with that. So, like, I, that's a really sensitive issue to me. So when mm-hmm. Billy tells me that, no, nah, it's a white kid that's picking on me on my way to school, I'm like, okay, how are we going to deal with this? Because uh, this the neighborhood we live in is, like, extremely diverse. It's a It's – when I talk about like melting pot culture, it's like you can't pick out predominantly anybody at this school because it's like you can't. Um, half the kids look like Drake. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it is such a like melting and pot. I'll actually name Aubrey too. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what do we even do with this? But uh, yeah, it's. I still don't really know the solution. Yeah, I'm like, what did you say? Because I that, clueless. <laughs> so what's interesting is that Billy has a black principal, right? So like, uh, and that dude's like seven feet tall. And I'm not exaggerating there. So like, um, Billy, like he, I was like, do you want me to talk to the principal? Uh, and his name's Andre, by the way, too. Uh, yeah, but so uh, y'all, I, <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all go all run up on him together. You go come out like, man, this right here, this is your principal, and he's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. <laughs> no, and I, so I asked Bill. I was like, you want me to talk to the principal for you? Because I was like, I know that that created issues for me, uh, but that was also, you know, the there was a redheaded white lady, like the. There's a difference there. Billy's like, no, I want to talk to the principal. And I was like, "Uh, okay, if you're comfortable enough to do that, you go ahead and uh, just let me know how it goes. So this was all yesterday. I don't know how, (laughs) what the outcome of this is about to be, but I know that bottom line here, folks, parenting does not come with a manual and there's like no easy solution for anything. And sometimes you have to vent your thoughts on a podcast to even like know what you're Will Outcome. Smith and Jazzy Jeff are right. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> no, we don't. We think we do because we think we can relate. Mm-hmm. But uh, no. No. can't. Nah. Uh, let's see. We got CBD's Nuts also says, I went 60 hours without power myself. 60 hours. Jeez. That's almost three days. That's a long time. That's yeah. Crazy. Uh, well, I'm glad everything's back to normal. I mean, that's the hard thing about Texas, right? Is that, you know, when they had that last snowstorm, um, that ended up being one of the bigger issues that they mm-hmm. encountered was the fact that, you know, Texas isn't necessarily. Everyone you know probably has said at some point, hey, I'm moving to Texas because, Ooh. you know, it's yeah. <laughs> because it's it's cheaper to live, right? Like that's yeah. that is Texas. Uh, but one of the things that Texas uh, got away with, and there's good reason they got away with it, they should have, was that they didn't necessarily have to build the infrastructure for being prepared for inclement weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you know, that, they, that's a lot of southern states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, though, is that for the most part, they were able to get away with that, right? Like they can use cheaper roofs because they don't have to deal with uh, holding snow on top for days at a time and things along those lines. But then we saw what happened when they got that. What most states would have considered a minor snowstorm. We had ceilings caving in. We mm-hmm. had 
you know, houses falling apart, things along those lines. And it's like, yeah, that that's that's the drawback is that uh, they didn't necessarily put the money into the infrastructure for it because they didn't have to. But when it came time, because, you know, our climate's kind of doing some wild things right now where you see kind of the side effects of it where you can be without power for three days at a time. So I hearts out to Texas on all of that. Yeah. Shout out to all the Texas homies. Yes. And there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake says, Hey Reg, you see your boy, Howdy trying to jump scare people. I mean, he did. And he liked it. <laughs> I so liked like, it. <laughs> he liked it. Uh, what, what can you say to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got another one that's from, let's see. This one is from Tony P. Shout out, Tony. He says, will there be genuine shock if they give Sammy the belt for a short uh, Foley-like run before Mania? Also, uh, what would be a personally satisfying way for you to book that? Also, who will be the first two AEW women to get a five-star match not named Sheeta Will from Dave? Do Uh, people think the biggest star in the company... He's 800 plus days world champion is going to lose before the biggest fucking show of the year. Are you guys serious? I want to be he's, serious he's, about this. He's, he's not losing, bro. The that, biggest that star in the that company. That failed a month ago. If they were gonna, if they were gonna split those titles or have somebody else beat him before WrestleMania, that would have happened last year. Yeah, they're not gonna do it a month before. That's crazy. And I have said that I, I believed for a long time, pretty much since he won the title, splitting him was a bad idea. Um, and I keep seeing people saying, well, the, you know, maybe Cody said he's only going to go for the WWE championship. And it's like Cody is just being mm-hmm. casual with what he was talking about. Cody never said specifically, I want the WWE championship. It's just Cody, when he was speaking about titles, was like, I want to be WWE champion. And people took that as, well, he must mean that he just wants the black belt, not the blue one. I think he did mean that, but... I think it's also that he stepped into a situation where they had already put two titles on one guy. And I don't think that that meant that they're going to split the titles. Because like I said, it's too late. They could, they should have split the titles a long time ago, but now it's much too late now, now, two months before WrestleMania, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I don't see any scenario where you could have split the titles. Like they, they booked themselves into it. Once Roman had both belts. But that's kind of my point. They booked themselves into a corner. Well, right. I'm saying, but the moment Roman had both belts, there was no way out. There's Mm -hmm. no way out of that. He's got both belts. The loss has to be both belts. And the reason, Go figure. Putting two belts on a guy that you don't want to lose might be a bad idea. Because yeah. the reason is because, because like you think about what Cody said in that uh, promo on Monday, where he was like, "I want to beat." He was like, "I'm going to beat the man who's been champion for 800 some odd days." Could you imagine if people's idea of him going straight after the WWE title uh, came to fruition, where he's like, "Hey, I know you've been champion for 800 days, but I only want the belt you've had for 300." Like mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Nobody yeah. would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no, you have to go for for it all or better yet it's like hey kevin owens got a shot at the undisputed belt um logan paul got a shot at undisputed brock lesnar got a shot at undisputed hell um matt riddle got a shot at undisputed but cody's gonna come in and go actually i know that's what you've been defending all this time but i really just want that one when Mm -hmm. like no if you got a shot at both you take the shot at both that doesn't make any sense it would make cody look like a moron to give up the shot at both to just take it at one when the rain now is because because at the end the goal now is to end roman reigns's 800 and some odd day reign 
Yeah. That's the goal now. Yes. If yeah, he um, loses any belt that keeps that going, you didn't actually do anything. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a terrible idea to put both belts on Cody, but at this point, there's no getting out of it because they've booked themselves in this corner. They should have never put both titles on him. It was always a bad idea. And now you're just going to let Cody inherit this bad concept. And then and he can't lose one of them because that gonna doesn't have, make sense. You're going to have to figure out a way to book him out of this as well. And mm-hmm. I hope that I hope that they don't do anything stupid, but I'm of the opinion there is no satisfying way to split those belts at this there point. Isn't. They're just going to have to rip the yeah. Band-Aid off at some point. Definitely. I think, honestly, because the other thing that I, I feel here is I think it has to be acknowledged that there is – not really like two belts. The undisputed title is one one title. That is one title being represented by two belts. And Mm -hmm. that is okay, in a sense. We've seen that before. Chris Jericho was undisputed champion, and Brian Danielson and and Cena and Randy Orton were all WWE World Heavyweight title. We've seen a case where two belts represents one title, and that's fine. Um, I think right now we have one world championship. And ideally, that that to me is still the ideal. I know Phil and I will always disagree on that, but I think one world championship is always ideal for one promotion. You have one promotion, I mean, you have one for champion. other promotions. It doesn't necessarily work for the way that WWE does for this promotion. Because... I mean, but WWE hasn't really tried it yet. That's the other thing too. Is that uh, like they have two shows? They have two but, night but, WrestleManias. But they, like, but they had tried it. That's too. why they introduced the universal title. Like they yeah. had tried it. And it bombed. Like the, the universal title, WWE title concept was a f- flopped. Like that's not a but thing that's that not why. It, that's not why it flopped though. It's not. It didn't flop because it didn't flop because there isn't a need for two titles. It flopped because they had a span of very bad things that happened to people that won that title. They didn't expect Finn Balor to rip his shoulder off <laughs> off the bone. <laughs> they didn't expect all this other stuff like. And, and I mean, you can go into how they hurt themselves by booking Brock the way they did as Universal Champion, but I don't think that the problem was having two belts. I think the problem was, like I said, that belt kind of seemed cursed for a minute. Yeah. Well, I just, I think that for the, I think you either have to go all in or all out on two titles. Um, but I think the halfway shit doesn't but I, work. But, but here, and what I mean by that is when I say all in, I mean like, you can't have dual branded pay-per-views and two world titles. One has to, because like, I think the time period for me where it was working was when it was, you had raw pay-per-views, you had SmackDown pay-per-views, and therefore you had a world championship represented on one set of pay-per-views, a world championship represented on the others. But the moment they said, all right, screw it, we're going back to raw SmackDown pay-per-views, every time one title was treated as lesser. And so I don't think you can do it. I don't think that you can present to the fans, hey, we have two titles, they're equals, but also one's never going to get the spotlight on... But I've never seen them as equals. I've, I've, I've never seen that as a problem. I don't, I, don't think they, I don't even think they need to be equals. I just think that it's shown... But then what's a world championship if it's not the top? Yeah. But, but here's my thing. It's shown, after all this time, a year of, of them being linked to titles... It's done nothing for Raw's main event scene. There is no main event scene on Raw. None. When is the last time anybody from Raw has challenged Roman? Matt Riddle. And that was what? Seven was months ago. Seven ago, yeah. For the last, the last, all, of the, all of the challengers under the Triple H era are Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. 
Uh, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Kevin Owens is on Raw. Actually, he hasn't had any SmackDown challengers. Drew McIntyre has been the only SmackDown challenger. That's not true, though. Kevin Owens. Do you think Kevin Owens and Sammy are going for the SmackDown or Raw Tag Team Championships? I think they're going for both. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going for both. I, think I don't think the Usos are going to lose before I, th- I think they're clearly going for the SmackDown titles because they made it. They made a clear designation when when Sammy picked up those titles and he looked at the SmackDown titles. Um, Sammy is a SmackDown um, superstar. So, yeah, Cody. I mean, he is on SmackDown, but uh, I think they're going for both. I think they're just setting up ways to, for them to defend on each show. But I think they are going to end up going for the, I, the duel because again, the 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 goal again for the Usos is the same deal. It's they have this super long reign and they have to end this super long I reign. Did. And it, there's really no way to hand the Usos a loss and it not be like, you don't want Braun Strowman and, uh, uh, Ricochet and Ricochet to be the guys to end the super long title reign when, but then the Usos are also still champions. Like at the end of the day, both scenarios, Roman and the Usos, you have to end the record-setting reign, and the record-setting reign has to end with them walking away with no championships. Both WrestleManias. Yeah, I just, to me, I just don't think putting both titles together has worked. It hasn't worked, and I think that I, I think it's twofold problems that you put two you put two titles on a guy that you don't want to lose, and then you put two titles on a guy that is working a part time schedule. So he's I not think gonna, that was the issue. Honestly. He's he's not going to appear on both shows. So you're you're hindering the main event scene on one show. And I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Ko is a is a is a raw superstar, but most of the uh, title picture and the storyline around that title has happened on SmackDown. It's not happening on Raw, and so it. I don't know. You you put a ceiling on all of the guys on on Raw. We just talked about Seth Rollins' year. After Seth Rollins' year, he should be in line for a world title match, but he can't be because you put two titles on a guy that cannot lose, mm-hmm. and you don't have a you don't have a destination for him on Raw. It's the same thing with Bobby Lashley. You have no destination for him after being United States Champion, and so I feel like that's a problem. Yeah. I agree with both of you guys, so that's it's a WWE problem. Because honestly, I feel like there should be a universal champion. I feel like there should only be one champion, but WWE should have two champions. So I, you know, what I, mean? I, 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 I think um, if you had one, and if there's not, if there's a guy who's willing to do it, you know, it's Cody yeah. Rhodes. Yeah. Um, I think if you had I think one, he's going to change the perception of what's going on here. Yeah. So I think if you had one single champion who was full time, I think this wouldn't even be a discussion. Right. I think that the issue right now is that you have one single champion who's not there. And when he is there, he's mostly on the other show. But I think if there's any person who's willing to step up and go, hey, guys, I'll not only work both sets of shows, I'll work both sets of house shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Why do people keep forgetting about how over Cody Rhodes is? Like every time Cody's not on TV, they're like, well, he's going to get Daniel Bryan. But do you know how over Cody Rhodes is? Like it's not going to. Yeah. He's not gonna get hijacked, dude. It's Cody Rhodes, man. I mean, he might, but I just no, think I that think so. I, not at WrestleMania. I think it's overblown because I think that um, I think they see the contingency plans. I think that you know, again, people are comparing it to Daniel Bryan, but in all Daniel Bryan cases, there was never anything planned for Bryan. Right. Here's two examples. Of course, because I mentioned WrestleMania 30, where. Um, they at least gave him ultimately the the spot, and 
then you look at WrestleMania 31, where uh, WrestleMania 31 is a far worse case than WrestleMania 30, Mm -hmm. um, where you literally booked Daniel Bryan to come back again. If you weren't going to have Bryan win, I've constantly said the key to that was bring him back after the Royal Rumble. But you had Bryan come back from a neck injury where he had to relinquish a title he never lost. He gets on the mic and says, I'm coming back to win the Royal Rumble. And fans were like, yeah, "Yeah, we're going to see him back in a spot that he didn't lose. And then you didn't have him win. Like the the easy solution there was kind of like what I said last week with Sami Zayn keep him out of the rumble and then in that case it's not uh, you don't even have that lingering over but when you put brian in the rumble you put it in people's minds that he could win it and then he lost that was the worst thing they could do and then on top of that what did brian go on to do at wrestlemania he was in a ladder match for the intercontinental title he didn't even have like a single storyline or anything else he won that ladder match but he didn't go on to have a single storyline he didn't have anything that felt like well at least he still got uh something for what happened here no he just moved on he just they didn't care and like with sammy they're still a way to pay off the bloodline storyline right now uh in a satisfying way you he's still going to stay with this storyline even after he loses to roman there's still an out here there was no out for Brian. I don't think this is a comparison. This is... I, I don't think it's a good comparison. What I do think is uh, unfortunate because it does seem like people are trying to will this uh, this uh, uh, this rebellion against Cody into fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is unfortunate is because you've got two titles. And now, if Cody wins both titles, which again, I think is a bad idea, um, you're now asking him to be on both shows and you run the risk of overexposing him yeah and i i am very worried that that's gonna happen oh um, my god hey um, but you I, know what wwe has now that he didn't have then <laughs> to stop all of that from happening that man with his npc talking about cheer boo <laughs> yes <laughs> you exactly. turn the crowd down and you there's that button that's cody Cody, Cody. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. When Roman came out last night, I was like, is this real or is this? I don't, I don't, don't know what's real anymore uh, as far as. I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know if, like, I don't know if cheering <laughs> is real. I don't know if it's an MP3. I don't hey, know anymore. No, honestly, I, uh, damn it. I, I'm going to make this at some point when I'm bored enough. But you know the the video of the dude with the NPC and he's like making that um, that one beat that like everybody loves, right? And he's just like into it. You know that video, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to take that video. <laughs> it's Blythe just like cheers and boos. Boo. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, remind, I have to make terrible. that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I I do think that they made the right choice with Cody. I don't even know why that's still up for the cu- discussion right. if they made the right choice with Cody mm-hmm. because I don't know. How are are we in the Royal Rumble talk or not? Can we get into this or not? Uh sure. Let me read a couple of uh Humper chats that are kind of related. Uh cuz Jennifer says, "Happy Grapsity. Much love, gents. Have an amazing weekend. Stay safe, stay warm." Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. We're staying warm. 47 degrees ah, it's 47 now look at that it's it's look, we're getting there it's gonna be a nice day 
nice for February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see, we got Kristen Mora says, do you think spooky wrestling can work in the modern world? What makes Uncle Howdy slash Bray not work and the Undertaker's gimmick iconic? Thanks for your great show. Um, oh, I have an answer to that. What makes mm-hmm. it, Go for it. What makes for it. it. What makes that not work and what makes him iconic is dun, 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 nostalgia. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's what it is because mm-hmm. I think that I think that some of the Undertaker stuff was just as questionable and it was just totally. as divisive. Yeah. But the thing is, it's Undertaker, so people are not going to bash him the same way that they bash Bray. And honestly, I think the further and further we get away from Bray, I think some people are going to have the same nostalgia for him and defend oh, him in the same way. Certain. It's just going to happen. Uh, After Undertaker uh, was buried royal rumble 1994 and he flew into the ceiling people weren't like that was cool they were like that was weird no <laughs> it's pro wrestling Und- undertaker did some very great wrestle crap and by mm-hmm. by wrestle crap i mean stuff that wasn't very good but it was entertaining because it did make me laugh in a moment like think of all of the memorable undertaker stuff during the ministry of darkness era like that's mm-hmm. some of his most memorable stuff all that stuff wasn't great but it was memorable enter- entertaining tv like the him and the him and the limo where to stephanie like that's not <laughs> great but it's a funny it's moment that we all think about mm-hmm. yeah it is and that's one of those like nostalgia goggles kind of um covers everything because i didn't know when i was a kid i thought undertaker versus undertaker was the spookiest shit on earth mm-hmm. i'm like how did they do that how are there two undertakers facing each other main event united center SummerSlam, 1994 look i was how old at that time i would have been seven years old i thought that was the craziest spookiest <laughs> thing that's ever happened in life i could not believe what was happening before my eyes and only in hindsight did I learn people thought that sucked. If thought people that thought that trash. was awful, thought mm-hmm. that was trash. And not only that, but now that I look at it, I'm like, wait, he don't even like really look like him. Like he, he kind of does. Yeah. But uh, yeah. why was when I, I was that age? I thought they were twins. I was like, wow, they got two Undertakers. This is like the video <laughs> game when you have one Undertaker versus the Undertaker mirror match. Mirror yeah, match. That, that, uh, you're right though. That was how I felt about that. And so like I get that younger people are gonna look at things happening today and go, well, no, that's my childhood. Of course, mm-hmm. this was great. Yeah, and um, I think they're gonna look back fondly on the Bray stuff. But older people that are just taken out by it and they're like, I don't like any of this stuff. They're always gonna think it's, it's lame. But I feel like that's the beauty of Bray. Like I said, I I think Bray Bray is always gonna be divisive to fans. He's always gonna be divisive. But I think for people that enjoy it, they're gonna enjoy it. People that don't like it, they're gonna always they're gonna always dump on it. Like I feel like the pitch black match was either it was either going to confirm what some people think about him, or it was going to simply be another another instance where hey, Bray took a risk and I enjoyed this because it was risky. Like I said, they're just two different crowds, man. And it just is. like I said in that tweet, it took under like it took Undertaker more than ten years to like have a good match. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, there's still time for old Brayson Wyatt. <laughs> Brayson, <laughs> Brayson Tiller. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got um. Uh, who else do we have? I'm just trying to make sure I stay caught up on people. Okay. Uh, let's see. Kristen Mora says, uh, oh yeah, we just read that one. Yep. That was the one. Uh, shot kid 29 says 
I don't disagree with you guys on Cody, but I do feel WWE is walking on a tightrope right now with him due to the Sammy J. Roman story. And let's be real, when it comes to wrestling fans, all it takes is one misstep to turn the crowd on Cody. I don't think WWE fans are about that shit anymore. Like, things have um, changed. Yes and no, but this Who is again... Yes and no, but I, th- I think, again, the issue here isn't Cody. I think the issue here yes. is is the way that WWE booked its world title picture for a year. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with better help. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Because they hadn't built anybody else up to feel like a believable challenge to, to Roman in a year. But the only other guy that has been adjacent to him, storyline-wise, is Sammy. So, of course, people are jumping on a Sammy train because he's been the guy that's been the closest to him, and they're invested now. They haven't been invested in any other challenger for a year, and that's been the problem. And so I think that's why so many people want Sammy to win. And it's the same thing with Cody. Like, I think Cody works because he's a new and fresh opponent, but at the same time, he hasn't been on TV for seven months. Yeah, um, I, I, well, a, a little bit more. Uh, we got Aaron Busby. He says, uh, Andreas, shout out Andreas, by the way. He's always been great to us. And, um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Don't Don't like drove, drove me around uh, Las Vegas back in May. Always appreciate him. Uh, he said uh, he said that Bray Wyatt is like the M. Night Shyamalan of wrestling, and now I can't look at him the same, and I like Bray. <laughs> Man, look. He's going to live and die with risks. That's what it is. I mean, sometimes that risk ain't work, going to work. Sometimes it will. That is what it is. Oh, here's a good one. DVD Movie Buffer said. <laughs> <That's such> a... <laughs> we're talking about DVD. Because what we were talking about. <laughs> I know. He says, uh, who is the most criminally underrated wrestler? I have an answer. Current wrestler or of all time? Either know. one. Yeah, I'm just going to throw one out there that's not a current wrestler, except he wrestles on occasion. But this is a dude who... You say, Sheldon Benjamin, I'm turning my TV off. Uh, no. Uh, but this is a dude who had uh, all of the tools, and he was a very, very good 
professional wrestler. But once a certain thing got over, none of that mattered anymore. And I'm talking about one Scotty Too Hottie. Actually, <laughs> like when you watch that man, like actually do what he had to do, that Did man was expect that. I know, right? But that man was an actually great wrestler, right? But then it was like once the worm got over, okay. you know, Vince was like, wrestle, what do you got to do all that for? Like, uh-huh. you got, nope, you got the worm. That's all you got to do. Like, just get beat for 10 minutes. And then, uh, not, not even that, his matches never lasted that long after that. It was get beat up for five to six minutes. And then you're going to hit that bulldog and uh, hit the worm. Who, who, who. And that's that's it. But sometimes I go back and I'll find myself watching like old Scott Taylor stuff from like '98, pre Too Cool getting over. That guy is a great wrestler, and I, I think that's why he had uh, such competency as a coach, and why so many people spoke so highly of him as a coach because he does like understand his way around that ring. Totally. He is that's like when we talk criminally underrated. That's somebody I can put in that category. I have somebody on the same along those same lines along that same time frame. D'Lo Brown. I think a lot of people talk about D'Lo, yes. but they don't really talk about D'Lo. And sometimes when I watch old WWF shows, I'm like, "Damn, D'Lo was a great wrestler. I like this gear, his gimmick, all the everything about him was was great." And then now he's you know became a behind the scenes guys doing a lot, did a lot for Impact Wrestling, did a, still does a lot for pro wrestling, and it's just a really good dude, man. D'Lo is definitely on there for me. He gave us one of the best moments from uh, <laughs> the uh, from uh, what do you call it the the box specials with him looking at the, <laughs> the, oh, the yeah. new Jack stuff on his laptop. <laughs> laptop. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest moments <laughs> in wrestling history. Um, I think currently uh, Drew Gulak, man. I think Drew Gulak is, Gulak is insanely underrated. I think mm-hmm. he's a very good wrestler. I think he can do all of the character stuff. He's one of those guys that I feel like people make technical wrestlers into boring guys and he's a very good technical wrestler but at the same time he can do all of the character stuff that wwe claims they want but they still don't use him. it's weird um and i feel like for a long time he was the highlight of 205 live he was the best character on that show even during the enzo era um so yeah i think it's true gulag um Hey, we got this one from Young Boy that I want to read because I apparently brought some information to people that they weren't aware of. No. Uh, young Boy, and, and I'm sorry about this. <laughs> young Boy, I, I, I apologize, Cody, for bringing this to light. But Young Boy says, "Well, I mentioned on After the Week that Cody is pretty over on Black Twitter. Shout out to Black Twitter. But can you elaborate more on this whole Cody using a secret Ooh. Trump Twitter account? Because I did bring that up." Okay, Cody had an account. The handle was Prince CGR, which stood for Cody Garrett Reynolds. Um, and it was Prince CGR. And that was his... But, like, that was an account he was using um, while he was Stardust. So the, the a main account he uses now is his old Stardust account. But while he was Stardust... And playing the Stardust character, he kept the Prince CGR account. and only had like a thousand followers. Um, but he kept the Prince CGR account as like a, okay, I want to be able to talk outside of character, talk outside of WWE, and I'm going to use this Prince CGR account. And 
if people remember some of the stuff he posted on that account, he uh, definitely, and again, this is 2015, 2016, um, he talked about Trump being the next president, Trump being his guy, talking about his MAGA hat. These were things he posted on the account. I'm not even uh, saying this to like slander Cody. I actually like Cody. I've been posting very positively about Cody. This is just like kind of matter of fact stuff that at the time these were things Cody posted. Um, and I saw somebody respond, well, he's married to Brandy Rhodes. How could he be? Brandy Rhodes also did a pro Trump podcast um, in 2016. Uh, these aren't things that uh, I, I think, but again, I know this is like shocking information to people, but this is pretty common in professional wrestling. Um, like the best thing a professional wrestler can do politically is just like keep their mouth shut because uh, at this stage, that's just a lot of stuff that, that is pretty common in the locker rooms. And which is why it weirds me out when people pick and choose who they want to hold political beliefs against because most of your favorites have them and have espoused them. Like people forget Paul Heyman was like a huge like right wing guy for a long time and used to use his social media accounts to basically be he like, just well, picked up Fox guys, uh, what, like a few months ago. Like he right, just mentioned like, Fox guys. On I TV. know, like people forget that because in the modern era, it's like, okay, just keep your political beliefs quiet. But like, same with like Shawn Michaels was at the Republican National Convention. Like, th these are your guys, which is why I don't think you can pick and choose who you like in wrestling based on political views, because. You can't like nobody. Because you're <laughs> no, going to you find that. Like well, yeah, you're going to find that there's a lot of guys you just don't like. Well, I mean, um, I that, mean, if you're doing that, you have, like, to not support entire companies if that's what you're going to yes. do. <laughs> well, that's also, what have I told you guys every time yes. I get a chance on this, on this mm -hmm. podcast? You don't really know these people, man. Exactly. And it is what it is. Like, I try very hard not to pay attention to any of their personal stuff and just pay attention to just wrestling stuff, just character stuff. Um only time we do pay attention is when they bring that shit to the light and they're out on the timeline or they're yeah. being wild. Then it's like, all right. But, yeah, and uh, I think they're. I think a lot of guys are like smart enough to just like keep it off the timeline now. And I think Cody mm -hmm. is smart enough now because the problem was the the issue with that Prince CGR account. If I remember what happened with that, was that he abandoned that account when he left WWE and WWE handed him the keys to his Stardust account. He turned that into the Cody Rhodes account. He's Cody Rhodes going forward, he, and he's had control of that account. But he left the Prince CGR account up and figured, I think he just forgot about it. I think he just walked away from it. And then somebody called him out on Twitter back in 2020 as a Trump supporter. And he was like, I'm not a Trump supporter. And they were like, really? Explain this. And like started showing him screenshots of all his tweets. Not and then, uh, not that this you. Yeah, got his ass, got him good. What about this? Yeah, it, so it was because they called him a Trump supporter. And he's like, I'm not a political guy. I just believe in America, blah, blah, blah. And people oh, were like, boy. really? They're like, explain these tweets. And so people threw all these screenshots at him. And so he then went and deleted the Prince CGR account. So that account is gone, which he should have done in the first place yeah. um, because he's tried to kind of rebrand himself. We're talking since... about first place, he probably shouldn't have never. I know. Um, and so that was back in 2016. Like I said, it, it, it was about 20. You know what? Sami Zayn should up. win at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes, you're out of here, buddy. <laughs> oh man! I, so, uh, yeah. so again, that was really what the the big thing was. And so, yeah, you could do some searching up on that account. You'll find the screenshots do exist of the Prince CGR account. Um, and 
Uh, Let's not talk about AEW guys who are on that side. Let's move on. <laughs> no, I yeah, mean, like I, I said, mean, it, it exists. Like, that's I the know, thing. I'm is not saying let's move yeah, on. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, and like, like all this said, happened I, while Cody was in AEW. That, the yeah. 2020 thing I'm talking about, that, that was AEW. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I like Cody. Um, so mm-hmm. this isn't slander Cody, but yikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like Cody. I, I thought, uh, I thought uh, he looked great in the Rumble, and um, I was saying afterwards, watching him in the press conference, this guy is very good at all of the brand ambassador stuff. He's great at answering questions. He comes off polished. Um, he comes off genuine. Um, I've enjoyed everything he's done since he's gotten back to WWE. I don't think he's really missed since he's left AW. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right. Like I said, I wanted to bring that up just because somebody asked me because we talked about it on after the week. And apparently I forget sometimes that like this mm-hmm. wrestling Twitter is burned up here. And so there's a lot of stuff that I'll just like say that I think people are aware let, of. And then let this let this be a lesson from anybody that sees this and anybody that is seeing this Cody Rhodes thing. Wrestlers fans included. Twitter is always a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where this was going. <laughs> but again, I say more than anything else, um, if you keep it about what's happening on the screen, you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. I, because I, a lot of people don't agree with your views, and that's yeah, that's something I, that I've had to, to kind of uh, reconcile yeah. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Be careful with these koofies, bro. Stop putting co- koofies uh, on white that people. That is because, the thing, though. <laughs> because, you, again, you don't know these people. You don't know what they were believing. And so I thought it was hilarious that people were surprised by some of those Orton tweets. Like, are you, though? Are you? I don't know why anybody was surprised by that. When, like, mm-hmm. again, and again, I like Orton as a person. Um that's a guy who used to retweet Ben Shapiro on the regular. Like it's only in recent years that wrestlers have been kind of told by their companies like, Hey, you know, it's going to hurt the company to tweet one way or the other. Like just kind of don't. Um, and you'll probably be better off. And then there were some guys who just like, didn't, um, like Gunner, right? Like Gunner was just like, now I'm making my whole personality and you see where that gets you. Like, exactly. Don't think, don't do it. (laughs) Get you booked by XPW. If you want to get, if you do it, there's somebody will take you though. Then you it never fails. Somebody will still be like, all right, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of people that are like that. So yeah. Uh, Orion Bit Six 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 says Ringside News Homer Burning Bridge Give Bye Bye. I mean, look, uh, I uh, no 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 no. Absolutely. They are not getting any talk no. on this podcast. We're, moving on. We're not moving doing forward. any Ringside News talk moving on this podcast. Moving forward, no, no. absolutely no. not. Mr. CJ Lilly says, with the 20-year anniversary of Evolution's debut this past week, what's your opinion on Evolution, their legacy, and your memories of the faction back then? Also, Alexa and Bray rule. I take a million a match. Um, a million? Okay. Well, I, uh... <laughs> Evolution. Uh, um, I so my opinion... Triple H so much by this time that I don't like Evolution. When people are talking about Evolution, I'm like, by the time Evolution hit, Triple H was on my number one most hated wrestler list. So I'd never... None of it ever really hit for me if I'm keeping it a stack. 
Yeah, like honestly, um, evolution uh, is a mystery. It's uh, oh, full of God. change that no Get one him sees. Out of here. No, uh, Hawk makes a fool of history. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, yesterday is uh, all I know. Somebody uh, <laughs> cut his mic, please. <laughs> 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 no, seriously. <laughs> Uh, uh, the evolution to me, I think, is one of the most successful factions of all time. Yes. Um, there's like no denying that. When you mm -hmm. think about a faction who had a mission statement, and, and by the end of it, the mission was it. accomplished. When they mm -hmm. said, we are wrestling's past, present, and future, and the future actually happened. Mm -hmm. Like, you have Randy Orton, who was the diamond, uh, I mean, the coal that'll be the diamond that gets mm -hmm. squeezed into... That, like remember that um and randy orton is now a 14-time champion you've got uh batista who a big star <laughs> one of the biggest stars in hollywood yeah yeah that probably saved rick flair's life Definitely. yeah it did like, everything uh, it was supposed to do everything yeah yeah i think that evolution was a faction that went up against one of the weakest raw rosters of all time. Yeah. And I think that in that sense, evolution just steamrolled everybody right. to the point of where, and I think this is where we could tie this back to the bloodline that people want to see the bloodline beaten from within because evolution kind of created that idea that evolution steamrolled over raw so badly that the only thing that could beat evolution was evolution. Mm -hmm. Evolution was beaten by Batista. He ended up being the guy who took the faction down it could only be beaten from within. Uh, but that's because nobody on Raw could do it. Uh, and so when I think about the bloodline, and I think people see it along those same lines of, this is a story that's been so strong, it can only end from within. I disagree. I think that they have factors outside that can beat the bloodline. I actually don't want to see the bloodline beaten from within. I don't want to see Jey Uso. I keep seeing that a lot of Jey Uso has to be the guy to finally take this down. No, because then at that point, you basically let this group steamroll over the mm -hmm. entire company. And then on top of that, the only way they could be beaten was from somebody in the group. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I think yeah, they need to I, be beaten as a whole. Yeah. I think they are. I think they're layers. I think that I think that the person that beats Roman for the titles should be somebody outside of the group. But yes. I do think there's still stories to tell about um, the bloodline imploding and yes. all of all of Roma's manipulations coming back to bite him in the ass. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, that you can get there and you can do Roman and Jay. I don't want to see Roman and Jay for the title. Again, we saw that. And I think Roman, I don't want to see Jay be the guy to beat Roman. No. Um, that's, that's me personally. But yeah, mm -hmm. as far as evolution is concerned, I think that history remembers them strongly because they steamrolled over Raw the way they did. Right. Uh, and it, it helped that Raw didn't really have anybody that i mean there were guys that were hurt by that right i think that mm -hmm. you look at like babyface edge was screwed uh, babyface yeah. edge was toast uh by the time he was done with evolution remember evolution comes out or edge comes out on the mic he's like i'm gonna destroy evolution one by one by the end of that feud their crowd was booing edge mm -hmm. and cheering randy orton so like, uh, edge was the elite hunter before uh frank Kazarian. he was <laughs> <laughs> Edge was, he was like, I'm going to systematically beat everybody in Evolution, and he's going to work his way up to Triple H, and by the time he got to Orton, fans were booing Edge, and they were like, all right, let's oh, not so do now this anymore. I get it. Now he, he just brought it back. Now he brought it full circle so he can make everybody in Judgment Day look like losers. Uh. <laughs> 
it's working too. <laughs> Separia. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So, uh, 3R Show says Waller is baller. Hashtag and new. I mean, um, I could see it maybe. What's, what's that about? What's we got a pay per view tonight. It was a big show oh, tonight. Yeah. Vengeance Day. Yeah. NXT Vengeance. Yeah. The, they're on the road. And, and Waller versus, uh, versus, um, What's his name? Braun is the main event. <laughs> not, what's his name? That's not a good, not a good <laughs> time. Um, look, Braun like goes. Th- the He's problem with Braun's Bre- name when he goes to the to the main. He roster, is right? because Braun Breaker is is like honestly the fifth Braun I think of when Braun comes to mind. Like you say Braun, and I think LeBron. Right, that's yeah. the first one that comes to mind. And then I'm like Bronny, and then I'm like Braun Strowman, and so like. Uh, down on the list, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty down on the list of bronze. So, uh, sorry, Braun Breaker. I think he does. I think he does need a new name, though. I think that he does. Come on, get the Steiner. Get the Steiner. Yeah, stop it. I think Rex Steiner was it. That was easy. It's a great name. I don't understand why. Come on, this Braun Breaker thing game. Eloquent says Bray peaked in Wyatt family. Everything else sucks. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree too because he ain't never peaked. Uh, D Skills H Town says Bray would have had a golden, uh, would have been golden in the cinematic match era. I mean, that's where he was, uh, and I also disagree. Uh, miss his time to shine, maybe. Uh, Seth is that underappreciated hard worker in the office, but Seth is pretty appreciated, though. I think not just not by his his own management. I don't think, I don't think he's appreciated by them. I think, I think. And actually, I think he's a little underappreciated by the fan base as well, because it took it took a while for people to come along and go, no, this is working. The new gimmick is working. Yeah, it did. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about um, the Rumble and the fallout of the Rumble. So mm-hmm. the Rumble itself, um, I mean, you've kind of heard all of that talked about. At Nauseam, we don't have to go over the, the Rumble as a whole, but the victory was Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes uh, comes in number 30, and... He faces um, kind of a, a field that's that's still pretty populated. I kind of hate the idea of somebody coming in at number thirty and going, "I beat twenty nine other men." Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, yeah, you, you beat like ten others. Uh, but the mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's okay. He was number thirty. Yeah, We've the now- men's, the men's we- one was kind of a run of the numbers thing, like you were saying with Washington. It was just like, let's get this like Cody victory. Well, let's get to it. Right, yeah, well, it was. Good. I just felt it didn't take any chances. It was right. a fairly standard rumble. Exactly. It, I don't think it took any chances, and there weren't any real great surprises other than Logan Paul. But I think we'd be remiss to ignore the night that Gunther had. I felt like Gunther oh, yeah. was amazing. I felt like That's Gunther right. was the MVP of the men's rumble. He, mm-hmm. There was no point in this rumble where he wasn't present. Um, it I wasn't disagree one with things. that, and that, that's an issue I had with it. But go ahead. Sorry. I mean, it w- I felt like there wasn't a point where he didn't feel like a threat. Like, I felt like he always felt like a threat in this Rumble. Like, all the way down to the last minute. Um, and I thought that this is the way, if you're going to make somebody IC champion and make them feel like the next up-and-coming guy, I felt like he felt like that in a Rumble. I thought that, um, I, like, I agree that he looked the best he's looked uh, in the Rumble. Um, I said on the, the Fightful Post show, though, that, uh, when he had that stare down with Brock, I, this was the first time I was like, eh, I think he's Brock's actually kind of making Gunther look a little uh, <laughs> not all there. I thought that uh, I was like, you know what? Walter would have looked a lot more mm-hmm. intimidating against Brock. But I'm like, 
You know what? Fit and lean Gunther actually just looks like a dude up against Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that. I, but see, I didn't even see it that way because Gunther has always talked about how much he appreciates Brock. And I felt like that moment was more of those moments where I was happy for him in that moment that he was getting a stare down with a guy that he really idolizes. Um, I, say, I, I just thought it was like, because I think what they were trying to go for was like, you know, two beasts, two tough guys um, coming face to face. But I thought that Gunther does not look as physically impressive as Brock. And so I thought I mean, that... Who, who does? Other than like Brock. Bobby Lashley? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So that said, though, I and, think and Bobby that, had a great moment as well. Yeah, but he did. I don't want to jump over I think, he had a great moment because i think to your point my my issue and i had the same issue with um rhea ripley and Liv morgan and it's one of my like least favorite rumble trumps or tropes uh because i mean they've still never done it as bad as they did it in 2006 where ray mysterio was number two and then like spent 90 minutes in the corner um of that match or like 60 minutes in the corner uh basically just hiding out i felt like there were a couple of instances where i forgot that gunther was there and I think that that's one of those things that um, that's not to say, obviously, working 60 minutes is tough. And so I'm not saying that he needed to be active that whole time. Uh, but I think they probably could have managed him just a little bit better. Like, I feel like he was there in the beginning. He had the Brock spot. He had the spot with um, uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre and then the ending. But I feel like he disappeared every other time like it was like when they had a plan for him he was there and when they didn't have a plan for him he just kind of hid out and i, I think I, I don't agree i feel like he was pretty present and, and i guess that was just how i felt throughout the match i'd like there were a couple of times where i'm like oh yeah gunther's still here because like i would just see him on the ground and i had that same problem with Liv and Rhea, where there were multiple instances where things are happening in the match and they're just kind of like doing their thing elsewhere but that kind of goes with the idea of like you know i had that problem with war games where war games are so like produced that if they don't have something planned for certain people they're just kind of like off in the corner waiting until it's the plan for their spot i think that's just the way wwe operates and that was probably why uh speaking of the way the wwe operates here i go here he goes i hate how all everything seems so nothing's natural anymore like it's like they were they told us all week that Rey Mysterio had that number because they knew that someone was gonna beat it, but it didn't feel like natural. It was like okay, there here's another accolade. Like okay, this time we're gonna make an emphasis to do this, and nothing ever feels like naturally done. It just feels like numbers and yeah, everything has and to, everything has to be a moment. And yeah, and it I doesn't. Feel like, I feel like that's how they do things, and I feel like you have to. I just got to accept it. You just have to accept that that's how WWE produces their shows. Um, But yeah, I felt like, I feel like Gunther was great. I feel like there were other things that I'm forgetting. I I completely forgot about the Ray thing that I thought they handled as well as they could now knowing that he was injured, but yeah, that was odd. Um, But I thought that they booked the last, uh, the last four men in the run. The finishing stretch. Really well. I thought that, I thought all, all of the stuff that they did there, the little bits of storytelling they did there were really good. I think mm-hmm. um, Cody and Rollins having to put their differences aside to realize Gunther was the guy to get out because he had been dominant the entire entire time. Like, yeah, I don't I don't like you, but let's get him out first. I thought that was good. Yeah. And you also could play on the fact that 
Cody did make fun of his game, name change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, right? I was like, so, oh my God, it's Con- Cody versus Gunnar McGill, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> no, so I, I thought all of that stuff was great. And I thought the way that Logan Paul um, slunk, slunk in and narrowly took Co- Cody's moment, well, not Cody, Seth's moment away from Cody, because it's like, man, he's beat this guy three times. And he was just like, I finally got him, finally double underhooked him. And here comes Logan Paul to mess it all up. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good because we all knew that Seth was not winning. Um, but this was a good way to get him away from Cody and move him into another feud. And I yeah. thought the the way that they handled Gunther and Cody along the way, having a guy that chops people in the chest to a, to be to be in the <laughs> ring with a guy that just came back from this nasty looking peck injury. I thought it was all great. I thought the storytelling. I, I don't want to see. Yeah. Cody hit another pedigree though. He doesn't no. do it well. Okay. And uh mm-hmm. I think that like I thought that the pedigree was underdone in the Hell in a Cell because of his pec injury. That's fine. But like that's him doing it. Yeah, no, that's that's just how he hits it and it stinks. Uh don't do another pedigree. Uh, it was it's it was we built up to that because of like literally that was something mm-hmm. that was building from AEW into WWE. Like literally Cody using the shovel, all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I feel like the moment worked though. Cause I feel like this for the same reason that the moment worked in the Hell in Cell match. Cause that mm-hmm. they built up to him doing it. And so the build up of Rollins and Cody both hitting Gunther with pedigrees, I thought was yeah, pretty a good, good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't have many real complaints about the bottom half of the rumble. There were other yeah. things in it that I didn't think worked, but I thought that they, uh, stuck the landing. Well, I thought yeah, Cody I coming think- out with the most grandiose interest ever in a rent in a Royal Rumble match was such a Cody thing to do. And I was just It could like, only yeah. happen at number thirty two, right? Because, yeah, right. Because like, yeah. you're not gonna get that in the middle of the match and then like by the time he reaches the ring, the next person has to come out. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so when he came out and he had the pyro and the smoke machine and everything and I was like, if you don't think this guy's winning, you're delusional. Right. Come on. He's winning right. this match, it's very mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> and I think they made the right choice with Cody like everything was was perfect it had to be 30 because of the entrance and he had to win this because that's where yeah, the story has been going I, and i think cody was the right choice for a number of reasons not just because he's made it clear he wants to be champion but he feels like a guy that could carry the torch after roman is gone he feels like the guy that can be the face of the company as much as i like sammy and as much as i want sammy to get a big title win he doesn't feel like the guy he doesn't feel like a top guy um, and that's not a knock to him. It just, I feel like Cody feels like the guy, not just in ring, like I said, in, in the press conference. Nobody do it like Cody. He, 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 he looks like a guy that you can send to do those main, main stream appearances like Fallon and stuff. And he'd knock it out the park. And nobody just, was thinking about that soda before on that press conference. This is what I'm saying. Cody he's was just, like, I he's have just to good do at this stuff, man. He's <laughs> and, just good and this at is, it. this is why I want to see Roman's reign ended from outside of the bloodline. Because uh, I, I see a lot of tweets here, uh, not tweets, but a lot of comments here, um, people talking about how over Sammy is. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, that pop he got last night when he was showed up crazy. was massive. Yeah, crazy. But I think the issue, and again, this is coming from somebody who has watched a lot of Sami Zayn's career. I love Sami Zayn. And I'm not talking about just Sami Zayn. I'm talking about El Jaderico. Like, I have watched this guy's career. So I don't want you to think that I'm just taking the, the corporate stance on this. But I think there is a difference between Sammy being over in this story and Sammy being over in general. And I think yes. it's very clear that he's over in this story. But when the story is finished, do you still have it? And 
the I think that's the the important distinction because Sammy got over in this story. He got over. You know, they brought him in here. People are like, oh, this is a really silly thing that they're doing with Sammy. And then it was like, oh, this is starting to catch on. Oh, okay, this is really cool. Cody was over before the story. Corey's story, Cody, Corey, Cody's story involved the WWE Championship the second he came back. He has been over outside of the story. He still exists outside of the story. So I think that to me is still the path to go. I think you still have to yeah. go with somebody who's over outside of the story so that when you bring him into the story, um, you have an exit strategy out of it that he can win and move on and defend the title against others that doesn't involve the bloodline and he can still exist as Cody Rhodes. Whereas I think what people are asking for with Sammy is a satisfying conclusion to that story. And it's a cool thing, but what do you have with Sammy afterward? Yeah, I could. Here's my thing with Sammy, and I, I don't disagree. He is extremely over. But at the moment, Sammy still feels like a mid card guy. He doesn't feel like a guy that you make champion yet. And again, that's not, say, not to say that he can be a champion. I think that he can. I've wanted him to be champion since he's come to the main roster. But I, at this very moment, if you're asking me, of those two guys, who do I think could take that torch and run with it and be the face of the company when Roman is not on TV? It feels like Cody. It doesn't feel like Sammy. And like I said, that's not a knock at Sammy. It just feels like it's Cody's time. Um, and I think Sammy, the other big difference is Sammy has always been a moments guy with WWE. Even mm -hmm. if you look at his NXT title win, his NXT title win was to get him that moment and get him this big underdog thing. But what happened after that? He immediately lost. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, there is a time where you can give Sammy a short reign and do something interesting with that, but I don't think you should follow up an 800-day reign with Roman with a short-lived reign. I don't right. think you should do that. No, it has to be the passing of the torch. Cody, yeah. Uh, yeah let's see. Dre7 says, I love Cody, but WWE has basically turned me against him with Gunther going from one and losing to Cody in the Sammy situation. I feel like they should have booked Cody to win from earlier on. Um... I mean, I, I think he probably could have come in earlier. I think really it was just the entrance. Uh, but other than that, I think that... Uh, because, yeah, coming in from 30 had always been treated as kind of like a heel thing till Taker actually did it. Mm -hmm. um, because it was like a... Uh, hey, I get the number 30 spot. Like, remember X-Pac getting the number 30 spot, and that was supposed to be him protecting Hunter mm -hmm. uh, because Hunter's the champ. So I'm going to come in at number 30 and win it for you, Hunter. So that way, you know, it's us at WrestleMania, and we keep The Rock away. That was the whole story there. Um, usually yeah. it has been kind of a heel thing. And, <sighs> yeah, I, I can see that. But also, I just, I don't, think that the, like i just saw somebody say in the chat shout out kmn saying why are people trying to will cody backlash into existence it does feel like that's happening like mm -hmm. i do yeah. feel like like i said i get that people like sammy but i do feel like this is a very internet bubble thing i feel like right. this is a very internet wrestling fan thing because when you look at what cody is the the reaction he's getting at, at live shows it's not that i mean we sit on this show all the time and talk about how wwe shows just don't have reactions anymore it's quiet at a lot of these shows this raw was the first time in a long time where i felt like the crowd was into the show and the difference was that cody was there yeah. um 
There I, were still moments on that show where they weren't, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, for Code Man, not not was... during Cody segment. That code during that Cody segment, they were loud. During the match, they were loud. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, I I think that people that are trying to question how over Cody is, they're not really paying attention. Man, this guy's mm-hmm. clearly over. And and like he's got the kids, like he's it's there. Mister mm-hmm. CJ Lilly says, "Don't worry, guys. This is Alexa's last year of wrestling. She'll be in Hollywood soon, and you'll force Bray out again uh, when you ask." For him back, fickle. I ain't asked for him back. I I, I I wouldn't say all of that. Like, I, I, let let's get into it. So, are, are we done with Rumble talk? Can we get into this pitch black match? Sure. <laughs> so, sure. let's get into it. I don't dislike Bray. Like these two guys, they dislike Bray. So don't make that a grapsity thing. I don't dislike Bray. Um, I've made it very clear that I like Bray and I wanted him back. Um, I think the problem with the pitch black match is that. For his first match back, and you build up all this anticipation, the guy's been back since October, and for his first match to be this, not good sign, buddy. It's not good. I feel like, and not just that, for this to be L.A. Knight's first feud with this character on the main roster, you didn't really give him a chance, I feel like, to build him himself up yet before he took a big loss. And so now, after this match, where do you go with L.A. Knight? Um and I don't even feel like the match was terrible. The match itself was fine. It was short. It moved moved right along. But boy, the aftermath of this match. Yeesh. It was awful. And mm. I will give it credit for this. It gave me the biggest laugh of the night. I laughed hysterically at this missed elbow drop. And not just at the miss of it. But he missed this elbow drop by like a mile. A lot. And then and then the pyro goes off afterwards. <laughs> I was in tears. Up like I'm him. Yeah, yeah. You I was in tears are. laughing at this. It was it was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I think people that are like, this is the confirmation. Bray is isn't it, he'll never be it. Um, I just don't agree with that. I think that Bray, for as much as uh, some people won't like Bray, I think the concept of this match was fine. I thought some of the visuals of the match were good. Um, I definitely laughed at it. He looks like one of the gang members from Batman Forever with the glow <laughs> in the dark. Um, and like I said, I think I I think uh, only Bray could pull that off. But the um, other thing is the pitch black concept wasn't his idea. It's a very corporate idea. It's pitch by by whatever sponsorship. Now we're getting the, uh, oh, I can't wait to see what the cinnamon toast crunch yeah. sponsorship oh is going to be. God. Yeah. So mm. I feel like the taste you can see. Oh, they got to please, no. Please, please. But even even if you look at at this side of sponsorship matches, this isn't the worst sponsorship match to me. I feel like the zombie match is worse. (laughs) Like the zombie match is much worse. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. Uh, That's Mm. at least Thunderdome era. And like, I can at least wipe that from my mental existence. Uh, That match was bad, though. (laughs) And not to say that this match was great. Of course, I'm not. I'm not shooting and bail on this because it's still one of these dumb, you know, corporate synergy things. But like I said, I wasn't sitting at home like, oh, I hate Bray forever for this. Like, it wasn't good. But like I said, it was a good moment of wrestle crap because, look, as much as we've laughed at the Shockmaster thing for decades now, <laughs> this is going to be another one of those this things is one of where, those. where yeah. we're going to laugh at it for a good amount of time. Just like that dud at the end of the exploding barbed wire death match. Got a good laugh out of it too. Mm-hmm. This was just as funny. <laughs> that was the first now. podcast Phil and I did together, by the way, was reviewing that. We had mm. to review the uh, the yeah. Revolution 2021. <laughs> 
great match, but boy, that uh, that ending. That ending. <laughs> Bad. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Kenneth Love says the NWO B, t- B theme stuck in my head since Wednesday. <laughs> Love it. Great times. Good yeah. No, nah, if you. Never thought about Scott Norton before this past Wednesday. You definitely have been since. Bringing him back. That was Thursday. We did that Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, JJ Montgomery says, I really don't get this Cody hate from a lot of creators and fans. I love the Sammy angle, but this story, uh, killing before it starts, has to stop. Yeah. I think people got to. I think the other part is that people are excited about the Sammy stuff now, but you're supposed to be because yeah. that's for the next pay-per-view. Um, they, we haven't gotten a confrontation between um, Cody and Roman. They haven't even been on the same show yet. They haven't been in the same ring yet. And so I feel like we got to get there before people are like, oh, it's not going to work. Like, you don't know that it's not going to work. We haven't seen them cut a promo together yet. If right. you And if you think those promos are not going to be good, boy, let me tell you. They're going to slap. Cody coming out and doing the emotional stuff and Roman getting his digs in at the competition while trying to build him up. It's going to be good. I do want to, uh, watching SmackDown last night, give it up to Roman Reigns for having one of the best outs of the what chant that I've seen in a while. He changed his cadence on how he was talking so people couldn't do it. I was amazed. That was one of the best performances I've seen in a long yeah. time because I hate the what chants. I'm like, how's hate he going to get out of this? And he got out of this. Shout out to Roman Reigns, okay. a true professional. Anime Otaku says, fun fact since it came up, Scream's working title was Scary Movie. I did know that. Mm. Um and I'm looking forward to Scream 6, by the way. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to Scream 6. Um, I don't think that, that I've seen Scream 5 yet. Really? That's like, honestly, one of the best ones of the series. I think that they knocked that out of the park. Uh, and I love the Scream series. I've actually, like, I... But Darren Reynolds got me into mm-hmm. um, into the Scream series. And, no, they're great movies. It's, uh, it's, good, it's good lore. Are you saying you like the lore of the Scream movies? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> Because it's in a Scream movie exactly. and not in professional wrestling. Where Bray Wyatt should be. <laughs> Get over there. Have fun over there. Uh, Steph, the writer, says, why is WWE watered down all its themes? It took some of the yeah. fun out of the Rumble. Hey, yeah. You just kind of have to accept. And you know what? In the women's Rumble, I didn't know half of the themes, and it, t- it there took were away a lot. a lot. There were a yeah. lot of bad themes. I mean, that was the same thing I thought last year at the Rumble, that this just reminds me how abysmal WWE's music is at the moment. Mm. Like a lot of the things when people were coming out, I was like, this is just not a good theme. Man. And as much as I enjoyed uh, Oscar coming back, I was like, oh no, they uh, took her remixed theme. Remixed her theme, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I am a little more forgiving to Def Rebel and that I think that when Def Rebel gets to take their time on a theme, I think they, and get to collaborate with the wrestler, um, it, it, they've had stuff that delivers like i think roman's theme is one of those ones that um i wasn't a believer in roman's theme till i heard it in an arena and that base with it kind of just like a stock ass beat though like it, it but man does it hit like i didn't realize how like how much the base of that song hits until yeah. i was in an arena and i was like feeling it in my chest and i'm like okay i get it and but now CF, I like CFO would have cooked something crazy for the for the guy. Yeah, I I don't think Def Rebel did the Rollins theme, did they? I think somebody else did that one. I think it was Def Rebel. Um, okay, I like that one. But the again, you know that was uh, well, because what is that name of that theme? It, yeah, the Visionary Def Rebel did that one. Um, okay. Which that one that one slaps. Yeah, but again, like they took their time on that. They got to debut that one at WrestleMania. This wasn't one of those, hey, we got to get rid of a CFO's theme really quick. Whip something up this afternoon. Like, they, 
they took their time with that one and he got a big WrestleMania presentation with it. You could see you can tell the difference when they get to really give their time to things. Right. Um, let's see. Cruncher X says, as someone who only likes the Zack Snyder DC movies, you've been a tough uh, follow the last week on Twitter, Phil, but I'm still here. <laughs> um, I feel sorry for you for enjoying Zack Snyder DC movies. <laughs> <laughs> Right out there with it, huh? Bro, very Man. bad for you. I, hey. I, I'm a tough follow. Fam, did you watch Justice League? That was a tough Ooh, follow. What the fuck? I, look, hold on. First off, Phil, let me just say, Zack Snyder makes excellent trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the movies themselves, but he makes an A-plus trailer. He makes you come out of a trailer going... Yep, I want to see that movie. Does the movie ever deliver? Eh, like once. But the uh, but man, does that guy make an A-plus trailer. If you only yeah. know Man of Steel from trailers, if you only knew Batman vs. Superman from trailers, if you only knew Justice League from trailers, that man... Like honestly, that what was the one owl movie he did, The Legends of the Guardians, where it was literally owls um, were your main characters? I came out of that trailer going... Hey, I want to see an owl action movie. This looks good. And that movie was trash. But, uh, <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> hey, man. And of course, I'm just joking. If you jo- enjoy Zack Snyder movies, that's, you know, that's your taste. But I don't think that most of those movies were good. I hated Batman versus Superman. I thought, it oh, was awful. man. I saw that right before, because uh, that came out the weekend before WrestleMania 32. So, uh, and I hated WrestleMania 32. So, like, it was just a twofold. I like bad week for me in terms of going to the movies and seeing Batman versus Superman. Then uh, later that day, I boarded a plane and went to uh, Dallas, and then I hated WrestleMania 32. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I have sat in a place and having to watch shit I hated all week this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, uh, but hey, I'm excited for what they're possibly gonna do. You're giving us, uh, you're giving us finally the the booster gold stuff that we've been asking for for years. No, mm-hmm. I'm excited. No, I'm Re- looking actually, forward to Bra- Brave and the Bold and Green Lanterns. Like, yeah, are you kidding no, me? I, I'm excited to see what they do. They said it's going to be a John Stewart, Hal Jordan buddy cop. Like, yes, it give me. Good. That I, sounds I, great. I, yeah, to me, Damian Wayne is one of the best Robins there is. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him in live action. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Uh, let's see. CBD's nuts says lived in ATX for two years, went through two natural disasters. I'm bringing my butt back to Chicago at the end of the month. Welcome back to the cold soon. <laughs> yes. Well, at least the place that can handle the cold. Lux mm-hmm. Pro Music says, Hey, Will, have you considered sending Cody Rhodes to your son's school? He solved racism before he can do it again. Yikes. Lux Pro says, Melanin in my soul. Oh, no. Thank you, God, for Cody Rhodes. Do it all for Martin Luther King. That's actually pretty Stop. good. Stop. Oh, Stop. <laughs> Black History Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Cody go fucking stuff in the podcast. Do it all for Martin Luther King's the craziest shit I've heard. Cody is gonna see us out in the wild one day, like yo, it's you guys. Straight up, yeah, no, for real. And I'm gonna understand. Uh, Wonga says, uh, "Good day, fellas." Um, Let's see. New Japan Tamashi E had their second, uh, yeah, had their second Sydney show here last night. Um, Had Eagles, Fale, uh, Kyle Fletcher, and Hinare there. Uh, also met Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors at the Ant-Man 3 premiere the day before. Wow. Nice. Looking forward oh, to Oh, wow. That. See, I didn't finish reading that. I was like, did you like just meet some dude named Paul Rudd, or did you actually meet Paul <laughs> Rudd? But clearly, he met Paul Rudd. That's yeah. really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I just saw the comment. Um, 
from what it sounds like, that Batgirl movie was really bad. I, I don't think they wanted to see the light of day because they think it was going to get panned. They just um, said, like, it was unreleasable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't strike me as a good sign. That's not a good sign. I, I, don't, I don't think that they're keeping Batgirl and keeping Ezra Miller. I think they're just trying to get through the promotion for this Flash movie and get it out there in the theaters. And Ezra Miller is probably going to get punted after that. Yeah. That's my guess. Uh, because you've never seen, like, when movies get in promotional mode and press junket mode and all that stuff. You never see anybody know, and they know how studios know how bad a movie is when mm-hmm. they're sitting on it. But again, you can't do anything with that until the movie is out. Right. Like you have to pretend like, yeah, it we're hit. releasing it. Yeah, yeah everybody we should check it out. <laughs> yeah, come check this movie out. It's gonna be great. Even though it's not. Yeah. yeah so I, I I think they're trying to. Uh, you you have to make a choice here. Like, can we? Uh, can we take that loss of a few million with this background movie? Yeah, but no, we we put what was it like two million or some crazy number into this flash movie? This flash movie is happening, bro. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and oh I, man, I, they'll I, even like pick and choose the critic stuff too. It'll be like um, yeah. critics say this is dot 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 a great movie, and then you like go open the article and it says this movie is awful. You need to go see a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like yeah. crazy. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. I think Ezra just has them in a bad spot where they spent a lot of money on this movie, so they're just gung ho to make it happen for now, and then they'll have to deal with the actual debacle afterwards. And then they yeah. said that he was the Flash movie was some heat too. Like they did the exact opposite. They were like, "No, you should watch the Flash movie, but that Batgirl shit, don't ask about it anymore." Yeah. <laughs> Jake Salazar says, "Nah, Phil, Seth is at this point in his career where he is now Dolph Ziggler." Whoa. Oh, no, you're capping. That is a good hand to put over guys they want. I think that's that's extreme right now. Calling Seth a good hand is crazy. Get it now. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, Shucky Ducky says, Cody relinquishes one belt to provide opportunity. I hope not. I would hate that. I, I um, seriously, I, I like if he comes out and does the emotional. I just want to be WWE champion all this time and vacate the universal title. I would awful. hate that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awful too. Um, like honestly, I think if you have to have two belts, you kind of have to do what you did the last two times. Just create a new one. You merge these. Like you, you have no out of this. Um, and. Because like, and I say that the last two times because yeah, they merged the world, uh, the WCW and the WWF title, and then they created the world heavyweight because they needed a second one. Then they merged the world heavyweight and the WWE title, and then they created the Universal because you merge these. Like you don't have an out because it there is no good way to have a champion lose, yeah, a belt or give up a belt um, without making it look lesser or diminishing the reign that they have this is why i'm worried about putting both titles on him because you're gonna have to make a decision soon i just think it's a bad idea merge him into one belt have him come out with the 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 eagle the way he wants to and then don't have another world champion but see I i feel like if they do merge the titles they're just gonna establish another belt anyway because we already know both the networks want two titles so it's I feel like it's inevitable. I, I feel like if do they ever just with two titles because they don't have them now, and they're having yeah, the best because, ratings they've had <laughs> because they're in a bind. But I we've seen the report more than once that networks want two titles. Um, but 
I don't know, man. Like, I feel like if it was just about merging the titles, they would have did that by now with Roman. I feel like they're keeping those titles separate as as separate, tangible things because they're eventually going to split them. It's I, mean, I also think it's a good look for Roman, though. Like, it's it's a part of his ensemble. Like, literally, they're advertising in WWE 2K23. Look, right. you can have Roman have two belts, and like he comes out. And yeah, he raises it is, them both it is up. a good visual. And but, the Jimmy Fallon I, thing, he was like, "I told you last time. You said you were going to have two belts, and now you have two belts. Like, like it's all about the two belts thing. Yeah. Like, it's a yeah, visual." It, it, it is a visual thing, but I'm telling you, there will be two titles in that company again. They can't help themselves. It, watch. Uh, let's see. Aaron Ruiz says, the most interesting Bray has gotten is with Alexa being the silver surfer. It was an opportunity to explore multiple wrestlers and have the dynamic of Destroyer of World uh, with his Herald. Uh, uh, Tina that's, Keys. That's an oh, interesting comparison. I didn't even think about that. Uh, uh, all right. Tina Key says, good morning, fellas. Looking forward to see how the rest of WrestleMania shapes up this year with the two matches announced so far. See you in L.A. Sending hugs. Um, I mentioned this week, I got to miss WrestleMania. Um, I will be in town for a lot of the other stuff. But my daughter has a her big Adams Family play on the Saturday of WrestleMania Night 1. The day I can't miss that. She has been preparing for this for you had to leave months. on saturday last year too uh uh-huh. uh mm-hmm. and this year she's got her big play um she has a singing role in this adams family musical love it and i'm not missing that for wrestlemania uh so i will be flying back home and making sure i catch my daughter's play sweet so i will be in la i will not be at wrestlemania i can't uh let's see van twin blade says not against cody just want sammy to get that belt hey and you know what actually back on the uh (laughs) the play thing this is the second time this happened by the way uh that my daughter had a play in 2019 and i actually had to miss it for wrestlemania but uh the way that was able to be made up was that i emailed um the the teacher for all of that and i told her the situation that i didn't want to miss my daughter's play and she let me watch the dress rehearsal she like Mm -hmm. i got to come up and they put one seat just for me there and i got to sit there and watch the entire dress rehearsal for the play um and that's why your industry list number one man and then that (laughs) roll out the vip red carpet for you wherever you're at (laughs) and then uh, and then like an hour after that was over i boarded my plane to new york for wrestlemania uh 35 so yeah this has happened before this is just look we're in play season now so (laughs) and this is the biggest one for my daughter she had a singing role in that one too but that was like third grade hunter tillman says uh hey everyone happy saturday are we excited for nxt vengeance day i want to know what everyone's thoughts on who they should call up to the main roster i think it's about damn time we talked a little bit about this on Ask Graphsity about like spots, and there's not a lot up there. I don't know. people. So I want to turn that question around on you. Where do you see? <laughs> no, gen- gen- no, genuine question. Nick, Wait a minute. Nikon, Wait a minute. You're with the Nikon? <laughs> yeah. Where do you see a spot for people on the main roster? Not just who's ready from NXT, but who do you see a spot for on the main roster? Because the shows feel full right now going into WrestleMania. If you had to bump somebody off the main shows right now, because there's only so many spots. So you move somebody up, somebody's got to go. 
who is it and how and why. Right now, I don't think out of Vengeance Day, there is anybody I would call up right now. Yeah. Um... Stand and Deliver maybe a different story. Because I think Stand and Deliver's main event will probably end up being Braun versus um, Mello. Uh, versus Mello. And I think that's what they've been holding off on till WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, uh, I won't. I won't duck your question. I am not excited for this pay per view. <laughs> I don't like NXT, <laughs> uh, so I, I I'm not excited for this pay per view. I I'll probably check it out just to have something on, but I don't watch NXT. Um, I mean, we but, were asked about it, so let's let's take a look at the card. There's eight matches tonight. It's a uh, good amount of matches. You got yeah. Um, Three way for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, Roxanne Perez is cornered because she's got to face Gigi Dolan and JC Jane mm. um, in a triple threat match. You've got yeah. Apollo Crews versus Carmelo Hayes. Two out of three falls, I guess. Two out of three falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, NXT Women's That's Tag Team Titles. Yeah. yeah. NXT Women's Tag Team Titles on the line, which. Uh, oh, yeah, you know they're still a thing. Hey, honestly, they're doing better with those titles than the main yeah. roster is doing with the. WWE Women's Tag Titles. You got Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Yeah, uh, um, I think they're going to retain. You've got uh, four-way for the NXT Tag Titles. The New Day versus Gallus versus Pretty Deadly versus Chase University. Gallus is back, huh? Interesting. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like with this being a four-way and not elimination, it's a good way to get the belts off of the New Day right. without them having to take a pin. Yeah, that's usually um, how you do in these scenarios. That's I'm, exactly what they did with Charlotte when she was NXT champion. And they were like, yeah. well, we need her to lose the belt, but also can't Boy, be pinned. What a <laughs> what a, what a mess putting the title on on Charlotte. Was. Why did they do that? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I they're in such an interesting spot because they're bringing some people over from NXT UK. And um, it sounds like there's visa issues. So that's why they yes. can't bring mm-hmm. everybody over. Because I've been sitting the whole time, like, all right, where is Mako Satamora? Right. Uh, where is Saray? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Saray doesn't have these issues. She's been on this roster. Why aren't they using this girl? Like, what's, what's going on? Uh, North American title, Wesley versus Dijak. Okay. So <laughs> the old T-Bar is, is in title contention, and he's, he's doing good for himself. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in a steel cage match, for the NXT title, Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. I don't think Grayson's winning. Um, I don't think he's going to win either. I think Braun's going to win. Yeah, I think Braun has... Like, at this stage, you have to take it to WrestleMania weekend. You have to have him go all the way to stand and deliver. And yeah. then at that point, you can have him lose it to um, yeah. Carmelo. I, yeah, so to answer the second part of the question, I think Braun will be ready to move up by at least the next pay-per-view. I don't think it's time just yet. And I see people say Carmelo. I don't think I don't think it's time to move Carmelo up yet. I think that you can still um, continue to build Carmelo up, especially because after he lost the uh, North American title, they kind of gave him a bunch of losses back back to back. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't like to see him leave the brand that way. I would like to see him get like at least a good NXT title reign first. Um, More and, development for Trick too. Yeah, and I don't know. It's weird because. A few months ago, I would have said Toxic Attraction is clearly the obvious one to move up because they could use more tag teams. And but I just can't imagine them moving them up without Mandy. Like I, I don't know how that would work. Um, I know. So uh, that's NXT Vengeance Day. That's tonight, and hmm. Fightful will be covering it. There will be a post ship, 
um, make sure to check out the Fightful Post Show of NXT Vengeance Day. Um, we got Jake Salazar says, except Taker could actually wrestle on like Bray. Um, Teddy, though, we didn't know until fucking 2002. Yeah, yeah, I really don't like Bray, huh? But I feel like, man, I, again, I don't feel like you watch Bray for five-star classics. I don't feel like you watch him for great wrestling matches. I feel like it kind of does a disservice to what he is and, and who he is as a character to go, all right, well, you know, he can't wrestle, so he does nothing good. Like, I just don't feel like that's true. Did you watch the uh, Cody Jake or uh, Logan Paul interview, though? I didn't. Oh, man, he dropped some gems there. Like, Cody is the guy. And one of the things he talked about was, um, you know, he – I, I was actually surprised on how unaware – Logan Paul was of indie wrestling, right? And uh, why? <laughs> not, well, because uh, because of a lot of where he's borrowed his stuff from. Um, but the funny thing was, and Cody was like educating him on it, and Cody was like, "Don't listen to these guys who you know will tell you that's not the style to do." Blah blah blah. Cody was like, "It." it he his quote was so good. Um, he kind of came down on all the people who are like you know who down on certain wrestling styles. He's like, "Look, if it's pleasing a crowd, it works." Um, and he's like, don't judge it. If the crowd is happy, like that's ultimately pro wrestling. Um, yeah. And he he made a remark that's probably going to set some people off where he's like, you know, when I hear some guys say, oh, I'm old school, I'm meat and potatoes. He's like, that's really code word for lazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was cooking. He, he was. And he mm-hmm. was like, you know, some people say it's about, it's not just about the moves. It's about the moments. And Cody was like, and you know me, I'm a moments guy. But I honestly think it's both. Mm-hmm. and like some of the game he was dropping on logan was so good uh and that's that was one of my reminders again i was like nah man cody gets it cody. and cody gets it he cares about this business um he cares about the betterment of the business mm-hmm. and that's why i'm like again you know whether whether you're invested in sammy or not I, it's hard for me to just be like nah this isn't cody's time like mm-hmm. i feel like it is like for for uh for more than one reason and i it's not gotten past me that this makes too much business sense for WWE. Yeah, it would be cool to get this great WrestleMania moment for Sammy. But if we're talking about the main event of your biggest show of the year, no, the story is getting a guy to jump ship from your biggest competition to come there in a year and headline that show. That's the that's the story. That's the story that's going to make it outside of your bubble. There, No, people people in the wrestling bubble care about Sammy. Outside the bubble, it's that we got the, the biggest guy, one of the biggest guys from AEW to come here, win the Rumble, and main event WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I, mean, the, I mean, the thing that really got me, too, was what Cody told Logan Paul to go watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Logan Paul, Logan Paul was shocked to find out that Ricochet was an indie wrestler. That was the funniest right? thing. Yeah, he was, like, he, was, he was an indie wrestler? Like, yeah, he was like, he was on the indies? Because Cody's I think like, Logan yeah, Paul like, has had this I, idea... <laughs> Hammered into him by WWE people that Seth you know Rollins was right about him. Yeah, <laughs> well he was, like, was right. Well, I think Logan Paul has had this idea hammered into him, and WWE has done a great job hammering that into people that oh, that's the stuff for the bingo halls, that's the stuff for nerds, that stuff doesn't make any money. And so when Rick, when Logan Paul found out that that guy you just had a spot with last night, because this was taped the night after the Rumble, like that guy you just had a spot with in the Royal Rumble that popped that crowd. That's Ricochet. He's had a, a huge, um, he had a huge indie presence. And Cody told him to go watch Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. That was what. 
Yeah. Wow. He said it was a WWE guy telling somebody yeah. to watch that is crazy. But that, see, again, I think that's what makes Cody so refreshing as a WWE guy. He doesn't behave like the rest of their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's just saying what he really thinks. There's a there's a certain level of genuineness to him that mm-hmm. I think is refreshing. Um, and but, I like that Cody in going back to WWE hasn't forgotten all of that. It's right, like, yeah. look, this was all stuff that Cody himself, Cody has admitted he wasn't aware of because the way he came up, he came up in a very protected system, but he went and explored the the other side of it and came away with a lot more knowledge than he had before. He came to understand the Indies. He came to understand Ring of Honor. He came to understand New Japan. And then he helped build AEW and understands that audience. And so he comes back to WWE with this whole wealth of knowledge that he gained elsewhere. And so he doesn't have that perspective that a lot of guys have of, oh, that's indie wrestling. That's just indie wrestling on TV. They're just working for pops, all of that. Cody is like, no, if you are getting pops, you're doing wrestling right, period. And that's, I, I loved hearing that. I, so, I heard that and I was like, yeah, man, Cody so, should be the guy. So two things here. Do you, how much of that do you think is, is, is Logan working? Because now that I'm thinking about it, um, it fits too much into what Rollins said about him in the interview. <laughs> because Rollins was like, no, he's not a wrestler. He doesn't want to be a wrestler. He wants to be famous. I am a wrestler. This is my spot. Get him out of here. And so for him to not be an indie, no, a guy that knows indie wrestling would make too much sense for that storyline because, no, this is Rollins' life. He was a big indie darling. He was, he's, he's, he's been big everywhere he's gone. He cares about wrestling. And so this would kind of fit his point that it, this guy don't yeah. care about wrestling. Mm-hmm. It would, but it, it was very 4D. It, it would be a very 4D thing if it's like, the stuff Cody got to talk about I mean, there. Everybody to get help. And and, the, help you. and and look at it this way: the guy that he recommended was an Osprey match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't. I don't know. Uh-huh. Some of that feels a little worky. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, it, it would actually fall into line pretty well. Yeah. But I I did like that. Uh, just the stuff because even if you just take it as just the stuff Cody was saying, just to educate fans, I felt like um, to kind of try and break people's perceptions down when there is a huge sect of people. I've been wanting to talk about this quote on the show, but, you know, Brian Danielson, um, there was a quote dropped from him this week where he was asked about, uh, you know, he talked about in 2020, he said Vince called him while he was on paternity leave and Vince asked him, hey, is there anything AEW does better than us? And Brian um, said that he then took the next month to watch nothing but AEW programming to report back to Vince on it. And he said the report he came back to Vince with, and this probably was what sold Brian on going to AEW, was the difference between the two is that in WWE, wrestling is a backdrop to your storylines, and in AEW, storylines are a backdrop to the wrestling. And uh, it's like and, a wrestling show without wrestling, is what is how he described so, it. So, are, are, are you telling me that Vince was like, no, nah, go check that out? And then his, he go, came and checked it out, and his report back was like, I kind of want to be over there. <laughs> hey, thanks for letting me check it out, man. Great recommendation. <laughs> I mean, Cody said that the, I mean, Cody, Brian, Brian said the match that convinced him was Cody versus Penta, where he oh. was like, he watched that match and was like, what am I doing? Like, I want to go do that and I want to do what they're doing. 
I'm not necessarily thinking the opposite. He's like, I can't be doing this hardcore shit. I want to go back over here. I can take three bumps (laughs) in a match and not set myself on fire. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Cody's going to set himself on fire in WWE. Are kidding? (laughs) Fam, listen, I I just was sitting thinking this the other day, but I said, man, if Cody figures out a way to bleed in the main event of WrestleMania, (laughs) he's going to. Are you kidding me? He's He's going to try. No, you know what he's going to do? He's going to like, just like, halfway split himself and they'd be like roman punch me right here like three or four times and there's definitely going to be blood at that there will be blood I yeah it. uh so but i was thinking about that brian quote and the reason that i liked what brian had to say there is because that quote's gonna offend a lot of people totally. there are people who are gonna hear that and basically get as divided as they can be but you know what i loved about that quote Again, it goes back to the whole watch your wrestling thing, because there are a lot of people who prefer the wrestling to be the backdrop to mm-hmm. uh, to the storylines that ultimately they that is what they prefer. Good example of that was last night. I watched SmackDown as a whole and I had been hyped for SmackDown all day. The reason I was hyped for SmackDown all day was because I wanted to see the fallout from the Royal Rumble. I wanted to see, I wanted to hear what Roman had to say. I wanted to see what Sammy was going to do. I wanted to hear from Jay Uso. I wanted to hear all of that. I was hyped all day to the point of where, as I'm watching SmackDown, the whole show, every match that's going by, I'm like, I don't care. I just want to see the the ending. I am ready to get to whatever the bloodline's going to do. Mm-hmm. Every match, all I could think was. All right, let's let's get to the bloodline. I'm ready. You know, we got this tag team match between Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus um the versus Imperium and I'm like that's cool, but like oh man, Can give I me what I'm say? after. We have Brawling Brutes versus the Viking Raiders, did not care. Charlotte versus Sonya Deville, did not care. The women's match, I'm like uh, the the women's match for the chamber, I'm like give me bloodline. And then by the end Eddie. of the show Uh, by the end of the show i thought damn this is what brian's talking about here because it is true all of this wrestling here was just filling time till we got to the thing we wanted and then can i say that the way that that backfired with the tournament though because you essentially used the the tournament to end the story with imperium and braun and ricochet and I felt like that was incredibly counterproductive. If this was a if this was a tag team tournament to build up tag team wrestling, to end it with a makeshift team winning, uh, that was wasn't even like, originally in the tournament. Exactly, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that looked bad. And then, uh, but like I said, by the end, I was like, I was pleased with that ending. Did not care about the rest of the show. Nothing else on that show like hit for me. I really was just into that really hot ending. And on the other side of that. Two minutes later, I turn on Rampage and I get uh, the the elite. opener, which the was elite. the Elite versus um, versus the Firm. And by the end of that match, I was like, "Hell yeah, it was great wrestling!" Mm-hmm. And I thought I saw two great things there. I saw a really great storyline. Saw really great wrestling. And then that Brian quote just kept repeating in front of me, and I thought, "Wrestling is a backdrop to storylines." Storylines are a backdrop to wrestling. And my point in all of that is that I came away from that thinking. There are people who absolutely prefer one of those over the other. And the cool thing is there are now two shows uh, on a 
large scale that will give you one or the other. And the thing you don't have to do is hold one to the account of the other. I do. You don't have to look at AEW and go, where's the story? Because one, you don't actually care um, when you ask that question. What you're really just saying is you're trying to find ways to down on this match, but you don't actually care about the story, especially when nine times out of 10, that match where you're saying, where's the story is leading somewhere. You don't actually care. But either way, um, yeah. you don't have to ask that question. It's yeah, not for I you mean, if, that's, if that's what you're after. And on the other side of that, if you're like, man, this was a boring match on WWE TV. You know, I really just want stories. Yeah, good. I mean, I mean, I, or I really want matches. I'm not interested in the storylines, but I'm interested in people talking. That's not the show for you. There mm-hmm. is a show for you over here that's going to give you the matches and all of that. It's two yeah. different approaches. You I don't have to. I guess that's why I don't understand why people are so like dead set against Bray and like like so angry about it because it's like, yo, if you don't like the Bray stuff, there's so much other stuff for you to enjoy. And man, I felt like the the quote from the press conference that people are gonna dunk on him for of him saying, "I like I pride myself on taking risks." I'm like, but if you read that quote in entirety, he's not wrong. Like. What he's saying is that some people see this as a sport. Some people see it as a spectacle. I want to take risks and do different things. That's what I see wrestling as. And he's not wrong for feeling that way. If you just don't enjoy what he's doing, that's your prerogative. But he isn't wrong for saying that, all right, I want to create something different, and I want to give people variety. He's right. I'm into it. I believe Um, it. Ricardo says, Sammy's going to lose. It's sad, but true. I mean... He's gonna lose I don't know that it, I mean, but the thing is, storylines are allowed to be sad. That's yes. the other thing the that I think people are missing here is that. And it's called heat for Roman for his wrestling. That's, you're allowed that's to I, have. That's what I said the weekend yeah. MJF stuff. You are not supposed to come away from everything with the happy good. ending or enjoying everything. You're not supposed to like everything. You're not supposed to like every character. Um, and so I definitely think this is leading somewhere. I don't want to see Sammy lose, but that's. That's the beauty of the story. We're not supposed to want to see Sammy lose, uh, but he's definitely going to lose. And I think uh, young Jey Uso is going to cost him that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's it's inevitable. Um, I, I, th- I think you'll I'm still not get as a... convinced though on Jey Uso being the one. I look look look. I think I think I, he will be. I think that. I, 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 I think I, he's going to come out to the... this uh, Jimmy and Jay WrestleMania match. See, I, I, <laughs> I like honestly, I I like the idea of because. This is how I'm picturing this playing out. Maybe I'm wrong here. But I think you get some kind of ref bump situation, whatever. After we haven't seen, and this is, yeah, he'll, he'll be able to make it. Um, after we haven't seen Jey Uso in a few weeks, or he's been silent or whatever, because he's supposed to defend the titles on SmackDown this week. So mm-hmm. maybe, and it's maybe not, not that long to Elimination yeah. Chamber either, right? It's, it's only like two, two weeks, weeks, two weeks from so. tonight. So Jey Uso makes his way down, big pop. Finally, he's going to do the thing. And he super kicks Sammy. And Roman looks at him, gives him the nod. He gives him the nod back like a, I'm with you. And uh, then finally hits him with a spear. Slow. One, two, three. Crowd is booing. They're so angry. Montreal, not happy with what just happened. Screw job again. And then another guy we haven't seen in a few weeks, Kevin Owens' music hits. And he lays out. Roman with the stunner lays out Jay with the stunner. Well, lay out solo with the stunner too. Why not? Montreal's own Kevin Owens. He and Sammy have a stare down. 
crowd is like, you know, please, please, please. They hug. He, massive pop right in the hometown. And you go off the air with a happy ending that Sammy finally embraced his friend in their hometown. They still get the happy ending moment, but Roman is still the champion. Yeah, I think that's happening. Uh, but like I said, I think that Jay, this has always been leading to Jay having his moment because as I told you on this podcast, Sammy was always going to turn on them. And it was because of this. That's the story they've been building. If you've been paying attention to this thing for the longest, and I just covered this for Bleacher Report, um, the thing that really changed the dynamic between Sammy and Roman were Survivor Series. Because that was when he, no- he noticed, he was like, oh no, it's not just that I don't believe you're loyal to me. It's that I can see you really care about that dude. Like, that's really your friend. Like, I don't care what I say and I do. You're always going to care about Kevin Owens in some way. And I'm never going to be able to change that. And the reason that he knows that is because he saw it himself with the Jimmy and Jay stuff. The reason that the Jimmy, the, the, the Kevin Owens stuff hit Jay so hard is because Sammy did 4KO what Jimmy tried to do for him at Hell in a Cell. And that's what made that moment so good because he was like, no, Sammy's really a genuine guy. And I think that that's when you connect the dots of him calling him his brother, that's what he sees. He sees in him like, no, I'm not going to beat Sammy down with you guys. But the thing that's going to change and the reason he's going to side with him at Montreal is because he knows he fucked up. He knows... (laughs) He knows, just like I said last week, he knows that I vouched for this guy in the trial of Sami Zayn, and he knows that now he can't show his face again because now it's not just that I don't agree with this and I don't want to attack Sami. It's that I vouched for him and that this guy handed Roman one of his most humiliating moments as champion, and I paved the way for that because he was ready to just kick him out on Raw 30, Mm -hmm. and he stopped it. So now he's going to be like, I can't show my face again. I, but the I, I thing that will redeem him is costing him that match at Montreal. The, the thing I liked about, uh, and I said this on After the Week, but the thing I liked about that storyline the most, especially that Rumble ending, was that by the end of it, you know, we've all been waiting. We're like, when's Roman finally going to turn on Sammy? Oh, is Sammy, you know, playing Roman? What's happening here? We all had our ideas about it. When is it going to happen? And the thing I liked in the end is that Nobody did any of that. Everybody just acted in the moment. It was all just a genuine reaction to what was happening in that moment. Nobody had a master plan. Like, it was... Sammy was... He didn't like what was happening, but he was going to continue to let it happen until he saw Roman going too far. Roman, you know, had a... He wasn't going to kick Sammy out. He was okay with Sammy being around as long as he was listening to him. But the moment that Sammy defied him, that was the moment Roman was like, I... ah, fuck this guy. And that's when he finally did something. And I like that even Jimmy. Jimmy, there's no necessarily a master plan with Jimmy. It's that, like you just said, everything you laid out is a reactionary thing with Jimmy. It is that I think Jimmy all the way along was being genuine, but in the very end is like, well... Now Sammy made me look bad. So mm-hmm. now I have to react because of what happened. And I like that no one was playing anybody here. Everybody here was acting genuine and did what... And basically the entire breakdown was a momentary breakdown. And it made the moment that feel that much bigger. Well, see, 
I never felt like Sammy had a master plan. When I was telling you that Sammy was going to turn on him, I said, because that's where the story beats have been going all along. All the way back to Kevin Owens in the back saying, hey, you know what I would do? I turn on him first. Um, and I mean, all of this stuff throughout the match, him, him getting the moment to attack Kevin O during the match, and he wouldn't do it. Like I told you guys last week, he's never attacked this guy outside of a match. He's never just attacked him in a, in a, in a, in a outside of the ring situation. He's always hesitated. And so all throughout the match, he kept going like, don't get up, man. Just let it go. It's over. Um, which was, again, it yeah. mirrored all but of the he, Jimmy and Jay stuff. But he and, was like letting the beat down happen, though. Like, I mean, he let Solo mash that chair around yeah. his neck before, the before whole he finally he was, realized. He was walking up and going like, hold on, guys. Like, he was doing that the whole time. Right. He, again, he never joined in the entire time <laughs> it was happening. He was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Like, if you just want to beat him in a wrestling match, I get that. But if you want to beat him down, I'm not with that. And he's yeah. been that way for the entire time, even before Royal Rumble. Um, so like the entire match when he's slamming his head against the stairs, which that looked brutal. I, I was like, yeah, whoa, <laughs> when mm-hmm. he's slamming his head against the, the, the stairs and you can see Sammy in the background and he's just like not with any of that. Um, and I think that I think the way that they built all that stuff was great because you could feel how much Roman hates Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a story reason for him to hate him because he's been his rival all along for, for two years. Mm-hmm. So he you can really feel in those moments like he hates Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. like but really hates him. That goes back to the idea again, like Brian said, wrestling is backdrop the story here because oddly enough, that's probably my least favorite Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns match of all the matches they've had against each it other. Uh, but <laughs> it's like the story was the thing we were all after there. And again, bringing it full circle. I think if, your flavor of pro wrestling is that you prefer stories, um, then you are getting, you're eating good right now. Yes. If your flavor of pro wrestling is that you prefer the the wrestling, you're I'm really spoiled. eating good. The la- You're <laughs> spoiled, man. The last month of Dynamite has been phenomenal. And Jesus. I guess I'm just saying all this to say that when I see certain guys, like, um, and I see prominent guys say that, like, hey, AEW should focus more on stories because that's what works for WWE. No, don't. Um, but they have if, focused on stories, and we need to also. No, 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 but but I'm not saying I'm not saying the story only has one fucking story. When everybody's no. like, they changed the blah blah blah. This is cinema. Besides, what else besides the fucking main event angle, but, though? But, but 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 my point is though, AEW does have stories because that's not to say that the stories don't exist. Wrestling matches but, are stories. But again, it is the thing Brian's saying that it's there as a backdrop to the wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's the rest. The stories in AEW are to lead to more wrestling. Whereas the wrestling in WWE is to lead to more story, and it's just a different approach um, uh, to it. Yeah. But they, 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 it exists, and nobody's saying it doesn't. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I did think it was a little nasty when people are like, "See, see how successful this 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 segment is at the end of the Rumble." That's what everybody should be doing. That's what indie wrestling should be and doing. Did, That's again, what AEW should be yeah, doing. I hated. That. I, I, I thought that was a little nasty. Like it, you can, you can say that this was really good and WWE executed it very well, but also enjoy other things for what they are. You That's don't have it. to make everything the same thing. Um, but like I said, this was amazing. I this thought they, they, they did everything they needed to do in this segment. And I think the the best thing about the segment is it didn't feel like this was a culmination of Roman story. It actually didn't. It felt like a culmination of everything Jay and Roman have gone through for two years. Like, I feel like really 
the main character of that segment was Jay right. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the other reason why I don't agree with Sammy being the guy to beat Roman because I don't feel like Sammy is the main character in any of this. I feel like he's the catalyst that caused all of it. Like he's really the, he's the catalyst that caused the Jay stuff with Roman to over uh, to to break down again. And that's I, what Roman was saying last night in his promo when he was talking to Sammy yeah. in the corner is like you did all this. Like you my family did all was this. good. We were lit. We yeah, were on he, our way up. This this doesn't feel like Sammy is heading to, you know, be a main eventer. This feels like Sammy was a catalyst in what's going to eventually be the implosion of the bloodline. Um and I don't feel like that's happening in 2 months, but I feel like it's coming. Like it's just the stuff with Jay, just the stuff. It's the writing's on the wall. Like this is, it's coming. And I mean, even the stuff with Jimmy, because if you follow the Jimmy storyline, the Jimmy stood up for Jay in 2020 and, and whoever he, said Jay was uh, Jimmy was lying was right because like he's there's no way he hasn't talked to his twin brother in this. No, he's, he's absolutely talked to him. He's absolutely <laughs> talked to him. But I feel like Jimmy stood up for him, and yeah. then he you know fell in line with him and joined the bloodline because no, this is my family. I'm always going to stand with my family. Mm -hmm. That didn't change on Saturday night. He liked Sammy until he hit Roman with that chair. He was like, no, no, no. When it's blood, you out of here. Yeah. yeah. I like you, nah. but nah, and, I'm and always going to stand up for my family. <laughs> that's what I love about it. That's all been genuine in, yep. in that. Um, you know, the, uh, I, I had a point here and I lost <laughs> it. The train is gone. That was, uh, that was a great angle though. At the end of Royal Rumble. That's yeah. the first, that's the first angle I've ran back of WWE and <laughs> and it I was, like, man, I went all, and watched it again in full. Like all, all really of the notes it. were great. Um, the thing that I never noticed until I watched this and I was like, man, it would have been very clever for them to just throw that note in of Sammy hitting him with the chair, the same as Seth. But the reason that that's poetic is because Roman has not started a stable since shield. Mm. And a, a good part of that is because he didn't want to be portrayed again. And he made the bloodline the way it is in his image and made it family because my family's not going to betray me. Betray him, right? They never do that to me. But he, the, the thing that nobody counted on is that he would actually genuinely like Sammy. And I think that's the thing that people are missing. He did like Sammy and Sammy did get him to get his guard down until Survivor Series. And that's when he realized you're never going to pick me over that guy. Right. Uh, Orion Bid 666 says, uh, Mello versus Apollo, two out of three falls, get your popcorn. Uh, love that. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Mr. CJ Lilly says, What do you think of having music performances during PLE? Because the song, uh, only complaint by talent was the Hardy song taking time from Alexa and Bianca. Um, I don't think people thought it took time from Alexa and Bianca. I think that, uh, well, for one, the shortest match was the pitch black pitch match. Black. Um, as far as musical performances and wrestling, I've always felt this way about musical performances and pro wrestling. The pro wrestling audience, whether it's AEW, whether it's WWE, any promotion you look at, to me, you look at that and that is a very diverse audience. Which means you're not going to find likely two people who like the same type of it's music. It's never going to be the a universally... Right. Uh, yeah, concerts are different because obviously the concerts people are all there for that artist mm -hmm. or even like a musical show people are there for music but right. when music is there to interrupt something else <laughs> uh you run the risk of what the the response has gotten from fans because 
those people aren't all there for that specific right. thing. And not all these people have the same taste in music. And a lot of people didn't know who Hardy was. People don't really understand what the point of this was and what the perform- point of performances like this are. This is a popcorn break. They want you to leave. They want you to go to the mm-hmm. bathroom. They want you to ignore this performance. Yeah. It's an interlude. So they yeah. wanted everybody to be like, that but, sucked. And then when the main event comes, they bring you back up. I think but, musical perform. Oh, go ahead. But I will say this. Uh, there have been performances at wrestling shows where I'm like, oh, that was that was kind of good. Like, prime example, I'm not this huge Bad Bunny fan, but I thought Bad Bunny had a good mm-hmm. performance at Royal Rumble. This performance was bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> not good. Important. This is what I'm going to say. Musical performances in pro wrestling should always tie back to the wrestling itself. If you can do that, then at least you keep people who are into the show invested. Right. Bad Bunny was doing a song called Booker T mm-hmm. uh, and had Booker, Booker T, T out there mm-hmm. while he sang Booker T, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or And or, then they got to beat up Bad Bunny. Yeah, and then Bad Bunny also was, you know, he, he, he's he been in Royal Rumbles. He's right. also, uh, he had matches at WrestleMania. So, like, Bad Bunny is somebody that people associate with pro wrestling. The point of where he's in 2K23 this year. Um, and on the other side of that, you have musical performances that at least people can tie into um, wrestlers. Like I've, I probably would never pay to go, even though I love Lars. Um, I wouldn't go to a Rancid concert, but I will say that I saw um, uh, Rancid perform Ruby Soho. Uh, and I was like, this is great. And of course it was Ruby Soho's entrance. So at least you're tying the fans' interest in that wrestler to this music. Um, so, like, the people who got to see the Living Color perform CM Punk down to the ring at WrestleMania 29. Um, again, whether or not they like Living Color, they at least care about CM Punk in some way. So, therefore, they're going to be into the CM Punk performance. Didn't down one of these WrestleMania uh, you reviewed this week have a Diddy Dirty Money performance on? I remember being at that show and being like, this sucks yes and that, that's that's actually my example there is that, is that people were not into that because had nothing to do with the show it was literally mm-hmm. just there to take away from what, the show what song uh, did they perform i don't remember this coming home mm-hmm. yeah. oh, man, I, puppy came out and was like yeah wrestlemania and i was like no, oh yeah now yes. I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah um he did a medley of other songs too mm-hmm. but uh but on the other hand you look at uh the year before that you had Reg's favorite flow rider performing the rock down to the ring, but oh, he was God. at least there to be no, tied. No, 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 no. That's Will's favorite flow rider. <laughs> Don't try to duck those charges. <laughs> but he was there. Don't try to put that on me. <laughs> but what was he there to do, right? He was there to promote the rock. And so, therefore, whether or not you like flow rider, he's here for the rock. So, therefore, we're cheering flow rider because we like the rock. And on the other side of that, you had MGK performing Cena down to the ring. MGK got booed because the people were not there for Cena. And therefore, regardless of how we feel about MGK, you're performing for John Cena. Boo MGK. Um, and that was how that went down. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, Hala Basana says, is it safe to say that now um, that it now makes sense to call compelling stories the real draw as opposed to individual wrestlers? No. Um, no I wouldn't no. say so. Yes, yes no, and no. Because I, I still feel like... Uh, the story stuff is still inside the bubble. Like, because if you're, if you're a lapsed fan, for example, you don't know anything about this Roman stuff. You don't know anything right. about the story. But mm-hmm. if they tell you that Roman is going to wrestle rock at WrestleMania, 
you're going to come in because Rock is still a draw as an individual. There's no right. story there. And I feel like what we're getting with Sammy and, and, and uh, Roman is way better than anything they could do with Rock right now. But Rock is still Rock. He's still a draw for four reason. Yeah. I mean, I knew The Rock wasn't coming. Like, guys, we've been mm-hmm. saying this for a while. Like, that man ha- was not coming. And uh, we knew at Survivor Series that he wasn't coming. They did a they dedicated a whole show to him, and he was like, "Hey, I got it. I have a sandwich in the refrigerator. I'm trying to finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be sandwich there." Refrigerator. <laughs> Look, and like it's, you should see this as a good thing now. I think that with all yes. the people talking about, um, you know, oh, why won't Rock show up? Oh, Austin turned down a match. Guys, the fact that for the first time in a long time, you can look at the roster, the WrestleMania yes. roster, and look at it up and down and go, they don't need it. They don't need Brock Lesnar. They, Goldberg's I mean, they're gonna have not going to come to beat you don't anybody's need ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, and granted, I think WrestleMania 2021 was a good example of that, too. I thought WrestleMania 2021, um, when a lot of those guys weren't there mm-hmm. and the show was fine, I think you could look at this kind of that same way of like, we can kind of say we've reached a point where the part-timers don't have to show up and you still have a pretty good show. Right. Uh, and, yeah. you know, when you look at Roman's entire singles lineup of opponents, what going back to the first time Roman had a singles match at WrestleMania, it was Brock Lesnar, part-timer. Next year, he faced Undertaker, part-timer. Uh, no, the, the year after, sorry, he faced Triple H, part-timer. Yeah. Then he faced Taker, part-timer. And then he faced Brock again, part-timer. Yeah. And then he faced... He did face Drew McIntyre. It was like the only person on the main time, a full-time roster he faced. And then uh, the year after that, it was, it wasn't even at WrestleMania. What, what uh, was the Drew, was that the, was that after COVID? Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was after he came back from leukemia. Oh, so that was the WrestleMania before the, mm. before COVID. Yes. Yeah. And then okay. COVID, he wasn't even there for WrestleMania that, the year after that. But he was going to face Goldberg, part-timer. And right. then, uh. Uh, WrestleMania 37, it was originally going to be Roman versus Edge, part-timer, but then the fans kind of forced them to put Brian in that, so at least did have one full-timer in that show. <laughs> and then the year after that, it was Roman versus Brock, part-timer. Mm-hmm. Point being, Roman, they've always felt like Roman needed somebody bigger than the rest of the roster to have a WrestleMania match because the rest of the roster wasn't there for him. I mean, it's kind of still true because... You picked the guy in Cody that has been outside of the roster, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and you right. still you're still technically doing it. Yeah. But at least it feels like the outcome of it will have lasting effects on the show. It's not yeah. like oh, this yes. is the person who's going to be gone tomorrow, the night and after. Cody's going to be back on Raw and he, all this shit. He's going to be at work yeah. on Monday, uh, right? Yeah, and I guess you could kind of consider Brian and Edge. Neither Brian nor Edge were there two weeks after. Uh, that WrestleMania right. match. So it is kind of along those same lines. But uh, point being now, we finally have Roman versus somebody that has long-lasting implications on the show itself. <laughs> I, That's yeah. actually kind of cool. That I, cool. I now I now stuck in my head the build to that, that McIntyre match because I was trying to remember, he's wrestled McIntyre at WrestleMania. And what was the build to that match? But now I remember it was, it was, it was Drew saying he wanted the match. And... Uh, when Roman said he wanted him, he then beat him down in the ring, and he was screaming in his face, "You should have said no, Roman. You should have said no." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but Roman and Drew, and that was, and that go figure. That was the time that Roman was out of the main event. Um, but yeah. that's really one of the only times that they were willing to have Roman tie it up on WrestleMania with somebody who's a full time member of the roster, and. Uh, 
Let's see. We got uh, Leonard Aaron says, Seth should have won the Rumble. Roman having the Sammy stuff on top of Seth at Mania would have been peak theater. Uh, major miss by the E here, really. I I don't think there's a miss. I don't know where the miss is coming from. Like For all the I, people who are like, I'm tired of Cody. What's happened? Cody's been here. He's had two shows so far, and they've both been good. What's right. the problem here? Like the rumble was good. Right. The, right. the he hasn't even given us a chance to be tired of him. Sami Zayn was good. What? I don't <laughs> I, understand the problem here. I I will say this, and and this is coming from somebody that agrees with Cody winning, and I do think that was the right call. Um, I do think there's something to people feeling a way about them building stories around Roman for a year or so, and then just completely completely sidestepping those and going, all right, well, Cody Rhodes because. I do think that there is plenty of reason why Rollins should have won because he never got his rematch. Um, he beat this man at Royal Rumble last year, and he never got a rematch. He's ducked this guy for an entire year, and they've never gone back to this storyline. So I do understand why some fans are like, all right, well, I'm, I don't dislike Cody, but at the same time, if I've been watching WWE for a year, I kind of want another payoff to these storylines. Uh, we got generic username here says uh, Darby has an old mentor nearing the end of the road, a tragic backstory, a distinct look and fights like he's Deku from early My Hero Academia. Do or we are really watching a real life anime character? Um, he kind of is a real life anime character, just all the way to his look and everything to the fact that like his story, the fact that he's willing to take careless risks to win a match and then it, it, it ends up costing him a match. Like I feel like that's a, a main character trait of Goku that he always does something stupid and, and reckless that causes him a win. <laughs> but then he'll somehow come back and get a win anyway because he learned from the win before. And that's that's a Darby trait through and through. He'll he'll lose to somebody and they'll learn from that and come back and beat him. Um you know I I do want to talk about Darby losing the TNT title to Joe. Didn't see that coming, actually. Uh, I should have, but I didn't. And uh, that was a cool moment for Yeah, that was a surprise Joe. to me, too. I was, I was kind of expecting Darby to keep going with it, but I like it. I mean, just like everybody's been talking about, it's back in the thing. Hot potato, hot potato. Why is the TNT title hot potato? The shit is defended every single week, my people. Why wouldn't it be? Every single Wednesday or Friday, that shit's on the line. Of course, it's going to be change hands. It's going to be hot potato because these are the hottest people in the world. And they're bringing in people from all over the world uh, in storyline base. Like, you haven't prepared for this guy, so of course he can probably beat you. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these things that are... And, and I'd like that Darby has been defending the title since, you know, his first title defense was um, against Mike Bennett the Friday after... Right. Like on, like it was literally he won the belt on Wednesday, defended the title on Friday. Mm -hmm. And so um, they have been telling the story of Darby is like, no, I'm not turning down a challenge. I'm right. going to defend it Wednesday. I'm going to defend it Friday, Wednesday, Friday. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. I'm going to give you title defenses. And he crashed and burned very quickly. Yes. Um, yeah. Because um, he defended it. Like he had more title defenses in this short little three week reign than a lot of guys have in their nine month rates. Uh, and so he had five like a story, a story that you're telling there, I think. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy. I, I feel like people are being disingenuous as well when it comes to the TNT title because I think it's a difference between it getting hot potato with the Sammy stuff and that stuff wasn't working. 
and some of that stuff wasn't good. I feel like at least the TNT title was back on track in the terms of the match quality, the yep. fact that it, it's it's main eventing shows again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're actually doing good stuff story-wise with the title again. So I don't think that's the same at all. I just just because these are short reigns doesn't mean those things are the same. Right. Um, and I feel like the story here was great. Um, I didn't expect Darby to lose either, but I really enjoyed the star- story of Darby being reckless and it cost him the ma- match. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just that he took all of these matches ahead of time. He came out there with the hoodie on with the pins on it and Joe eventually used that it's against like him. Joe, he, yeah, Joe used all he, of his reckless shit against him. He, to- he set the table up on the, on the outside and Joe eventually stepped out of the way and let him run mm-hmm. into it he knows um, he's gonna fly out here <laughs> yeah it, even i mean and i thought the funniest part of the entire match was darby walking around the ring pulling up the ring pulling the padding up and the whole time joe is just standing <laughs> over just there cleaning his face washing the blood <laughs> off like all right come on out come on out and then he just proceeds to like end him with his own hoodie and then slam him on the on the planks and beat him all one, the two, stuff three. that he did that like he set all of this up and then i slammed him hard on the stuff that he set up yeah yeah no i, I thought it was great and you know darby's obviously leaving to, to film some stuff now uh and he'll be What's back he filming? um i know he's got a uh i think it's a show he's doing but either way he, he'll be off for a little bit huh. um yeah but i thought this was great i thought it made darby look great and i I think Joe has been tremendous for wow. the last few months. I Small think Joe, Joe has been amazing. Like, all the way to the point when he won, I was like, how dare I, I doubt the king of television? They said of course the man he's was washed, Phil. They said he was washed for years. Uh-huh. People years have been saying that for years. years. I mean, I remember in 2013, people were saying he was washed. It's yeah. so... Uh, I, I even accidentally came across... Because when I made that statement on Twitter that um, Cody... Or that... Uh, that... The... Who did I say? I said that Darby and uh, Joe. Darby's been Joe's best opponent of the last 10 years. And by the way, I had a top guy in professional wrestling today reach out to me and tell me how much he agreed with that. (laughs) So that was uh, um, that. Yeah, I mean, because I had a few people disagreeing, but uh, they were like, nah, I think I this is kind of disagree. I, I think this, they were like, this has been a fire point, and I've seen the best I've seen out of Joe in a long time. And this was from like, Top I, top name. The, um, the, the the only name I would throw out there that would disagree is probably Finn Balor. I feel like and, and Finn Balor and I, I even said in the reply to that, I said, This is high praise for Darby here because I think the Finn Balor stuff occupied that space before this. I think this is better than the Finn Balor stuff. I and so I too. love Finn Balor. Darby stuff is better. Yeah, but either way, my point here is simply that uh I think that just what he was able to bring out of Joe. And again, I went and looked up some old reviews on um before i made that point i was like okay let me make sure that i'm accurate here and i found an old uh uh kurt angle match and it was from 2013 and i was like okay was this any good and i started scrolling the comments and all the comments on it were like man i can't believe how washed both kurt angle and samoa joe were in this match and so i watched the whole thing and i thought ooh, this was like not good. I remember now why people thought at the time maybe it's time to uh, to to end this. So yeah, I mean, and I I enjoyed uh, NXT Joe. I thought NXT Joe was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it it only jumped off the rails with WWE once he came to the main roster, and it was mm-hmm. really only when he started having the matches because I thought one of the best things they did with Joe was when uh, during the Triple H and Rollins feud when 
Rollins came out there to confront uh, Triple H, and he turned his back on him, and he walked out, and all of a sudden, Joe just came in and, and mm-hmm. jumped him. I thought that beatdown was amazing. That was great. Yeah. And the, the stuff he had with Brock Lesnar was really good, too, even though he should have beat Brock. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. We got ShotKid29 says, I don't go by early reports about movies anymore. Cabin in the Woods was shelved for years because the studio didn't think it was good, and Weinstein Company tried to uh, bury, uh, bury it first. John Wick's or bury the first John Wick release. Just put it out, and if it sucks, it sucks. I mean, that's kind of fair if you spent the money. But, yeah, that's I mean, what I don't really with how uh, awful movies and Tubi and shit. Like, just put that shit on your streaming services. What do you want? Like, I what mean, are you gonna do? Not have it show forever? That's crazy. I mean, that's fair. But the only thing that made me question it is, uh, this is these are guys that had nothing to do with the making of that movie coming in and going like, no, this really was trash. Like, <laughs> I, I think if if. If these were the people that shelved it, I would understand. But these are guys that had nothing to do with shelving like, it. I saw and they were just like, I saw it, and I was like, uh, I don't think y'all want it. Uh, but it is fair to say you still want it. I don't. I can't disagree with that. But I, I don't know. That did give me reason to pause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We got. Uh, but what's how shit works nowadays? Like people are with like say like the Velma thing. People are gonna hate watch it into oblivion. I'll yep. put that shit out. Of course. Let's see. Thoughts on Asuka's return at the Rumble. Is the Elimination Chamber a must-win for her? Yes. Yes. I, I, yes. I honestly think uh, there there were a few things in the Rumble I enjoyed more than A, Dewdrop coming back and getting her name back. Great. Long live Piper Nivens. Love Never it. say that name on television again. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is a Dewdrop? What is yeah, that? Get, get yeah. that, is that? Nope. I don't know who that is. Yeah, so I feel like that was one of the best surprises of the Rumble. And Asuka coming back after they built up the story of her going back to Japan to find what she had lost and coming back with the new look, with the kind of makeup and everything. And she's now taken seriously again. Like that women's begging for uh, again. Royal Rumble match finish was dope, too. With the, oh, yeah, that was I incredible. Love the finish. Yeah, love that. yeah, I actually think the women's Rumble was the better Rumble this year. Me, too. Um, I thought that the surprises that they used from people that were actually on the brand, like, it wasn't like they used legends. But, like, say the Oscar thing, for example, that's technically not a surprise, but it is a surprise because they debuted her in a new look. They debuted the new music. And she wrestled differently this time like man i'm telling you i've rewatched her doing that that kick reversal on zoe stark into that jeremy suplex <laughs> tons of times it was incredible push this woman to the moon take yes. her seriously um i definitely think she's winning elimination chamber mm-hmm. and oscar Bia- and bianca should be the match at wrestlemania it yes. does make smackdown look really bleak by the way though um in that both champions uh their contenders will have come from raw that uh, yeah, they, that they there was nobody that yeah nobody was worthy on SmackDown to challenge still, Charlotte. Still no Ronda, huh? Uh, yeah. Ronda's uh, well, apparently getting that according to Meltzer. Uh, Ronda's uh, facing. They're doing Ronda and they're gonna dust uh, off Shana. those old women's tag team champions. Yeah, it's gonna be Ronda. <laughs> Not dust. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, gonna be Ronda and Shayna versus Damage Control at WrestleMania. Which we got look, the power, no, on, we got the stage, jump up the beige, jump up no, the stage. Uh, honestly, I, I do it. think I like it. I, I. There's a piece of me that says, look, good for Shayna and Dakota to get a WrestleMania spot with each other. That's actually really cool. Oh yeah, and that is cool. Yeah, so I actually look at that aspect of it, and I'm like, that's probably a spot that um, that the two of them have talked about a long time, and I. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm actually yeah. going to love to see that. On the other side of that, uh, shout out Matt Galloway for this point. But 
I can't believe how many years in a row, and now it's not even worth doing. WWE has blown um, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. They had a few opportunities to do that. Oh, yeah. No, I I know. It's interesting that that first year it was supposed to happen, it was the hottest match It was the hottest angle in the whole whole company. It was the hottest angle in the company, the one match everybody wanted to see. Think about it. It was supposed to happen at Survivor Series. Becky Lynch got busted open, so then uh, it got delayed to WrestleMania. But they were like, nah, we got to get Charlotte in there. She's... WrestleMania main event, even though nobody was asking for it. She was and then the glue last in that year, match, Will. She was yeah. the glue in that match. <laughs> <laughs> she just said that in an interview. She was the glue in that match. You're wrong. She says she was the reason that that match even happened, actually. <laughs> Charlotte was talking Charlotte. <laughs> but then uh, last year at WrestleMania, it was arguably one of the hottest matches they could have run. And that, hey, you got Ronda back. You got Becky as champ. Mm-hmm. We can run it back again. This is the match. But the problem was you never paid off the Bianca story where you <laughs> yeah. did what you did to her at SummerSlam. So you had to pay that off. So therefore, guess what we're doing again? Charlotte versus <laughs> Ronda Rousey. And that now wasn't good either. No here we are a year later where the match actually could have probably happened. But now there's no steam left to it nice. because there's no yeah. steam left to Ronda. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, Ronda versus Becky, the third opportunity, fourth opportunity to do it, not going to um, happen. And I don't think it's happening now. Now it seems like they're going with Becky I, and I, Bailey, right? I am, I am not a scoop guy, but I don't think that match is happening. I don't think there's even talk internally anymore about that match happening. No. And I, I think the fact that, Ronda wasn't included at all with Ronda Rousey. Should be your first hint that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, hey, I do think that that's a good feud for the tag titles. I wish that Dakota and EO felt like, um, you know, world beaters so that it didn't feel as predictable as it feels like. Because now it's just like, oh, well, Shane and Ronda are going to win it. There, there, there's mm-hmm. no other, there's no other option here. But I don't know. Um, I, I feel like they. They screwed up so many things with the women's division this year because I almost feel like I understand why she's challenging Charlotte, but I feel like they teased the Bianca stuff for so long and to not go back to that is kind of strange. Um, And again, I get why she's picking Charlotte. Charlotte handed her her most deflating loss of her career. Um, And I don't even think that's close. Like her beating her at WrestleMania completely derailed her uh, run that year. And, you know, it makes sense to revisit it in front of a crowd because they did wrestle at yeah, COVID mania. Gym. Yeah. So um, I get it. Um, but it is weird that they're not doing the Bianca stuff. And I felt like story-wise, if you're doing a WrestleMania rematch, the rematch should have been Oscar versus Charlotte because they're more that's a more storied rivalry. Um, yep. And it, especially now, Oscar going and going in this direction and being taken more seriously again, it makes more sense that she would go, no, Charlotte's the one sense. I want to beat. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain because I do think that Bianca Oscar is going to be a good match if they go that route. And I do think that Rhea and, I, and Charlotte have good chemistry, so it should yeah. be fine. And SmackDown definitely needs Rhea. Um, I'm yeah. starting to wonder what they're doing with Becky. I wouldn't be surprised if the SmackDown title match becomes a triple threat. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, honestly, like, I there, I, I I'm interested. The, the bottom line is, I'm at least interested in, in how are they gonna fill up two WrestleMania days? Can, what can, can I say? Got plenty of time. Yeah, they got plenty. Do can I say right? this though? 
there's a lot every time i get this feeling i feel like i'm like one step closer to hell but um <laughs> every once in a while this feeling pops in my head that was vince right and like Ooh, every single no. time i have that thought every single time i have that thought i like i said i'm like uh, an angel is like losing its wings um but when i think about the women's tag titles and how vince was like as soon as naomi and sasha walked out was like we don't have women's tag titles anymore you know we're not even going to talk about them they're gone moved on didn't talk about him hunter brought him back and i got him brownie points in the moment but he didn't really have like a fleshed out tag division to do so it wasn't really filling a Still need doesn't. and that's my point here now is that now we are here we are months later and he still doesn't have the division for tag titles. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering that those belts need to be brought back if you didn't have the division for it. And um, well, two things. Um, I, I do think Vince was wrong. Um, <laughs> Let's just say that on record. <laughs> just, just off rip, I do think he was wrong about women's tag team wrestling because it can be viable, but you have to do the work to build a division. Sure. And they have not done the work to build a women's tag division. Um, both times. I, I think the launching the yeah, belts in general, where they were like, hey, let's just put a bunch of women together and then call it a tag division. And yeah, it was but, like, but you didn't make it, it. There was no need for this in the moment. Yeah, but the other thing is, I think they brought the belts back because they thought they that thought Sasha and Naomi were coming yeah, back. And I, yeah. think I think that, they think so I, I think that's the big reason why they reestablished them when they did. Um, but the thing is, they really got off to a bad foot anyway, because I thought the way they ended that tournament was stupid. Putting the title oh, on Leah awful. Raquel made no yeah. sense. So bad. And just to give them a short reign and then have I forgot that Aaliyah was anyway. tag team champion until somebody tweeted that. Yeah, the that, other day, that was, was like, what? That was stupid. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, having them lose ahead of Clash at the Castle just so they could get the title. Oh, back was my stupid. God. That like, was so dumb. Yeah, I, no, I don't think they booked those titles well. Yeah. And I and like I said, I don't think that that means that Vince was right. I just think that they still haven't booked those they titles well. Yeah. They haven't built any rivalries for those titles at all. Like, you can't name any team in recent memory who has made it their main goal to be tag champions and elevate that division. You can't think of any other no. than probably Sasha and Bayley. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, is uh, in our group chat, we had... We had kind of figured it out. We were like, you notice the way Naomi's tweeting? Does it kind of look like she's not going to be <laughs> yeah. in the Rumble? <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. Yeah. I we're like, yeah, it kind of looks like it. Uh, let's see. We got... Shout out to Naomi, though, man. Those, yeah. Uh, that that uh, photo shoot she did, she did looked amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Joseph Snark says, wrestling fans being disingenuous, Phil, say it ain't so. Mm -hmm. uh, we got Here's another... Time from <laughs> first time tyrone kid who says hey guys i'm shocked that no one thought all american cody tried to pull a rocky four with gunther all that was missing was the post-match speech uh he says plus since today is my birthday i'm using my wish to have will and reg say three nice things about uh howdy and i already Ray said Ray. one i already said one today i like their three second uh, all man. right let's go i mm -hmm. think bray wyatt Cuts a pretty good promo. I think that Bray Wyatt, um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sister Abigail is a great finisher. Mm -hmm. And 
I think that Uncle Howdy Nope, can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Uncle Howdy has a very I cool mean, jacket on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, say what you will. I feel like a lot of times the visuals for the, the Bray stuff does look good. I, I, and I think that that's one of the things about him going back to WWE that always made the most sense to me. I feel like he's going to get the best out of production value than anybody else. Yeah, I think the main point I want to make in my last Bray Wyatt point, because I'm tired of it. Um, I want him to succeed. Like, I wanted to watch Pitch, pitch Black Match and be like, damn, that was awesome. I, I don't watch it and be like, I hope he sucks. I hope this sucks. I hope in in WWE in general, I don't watch the show. I don't hate watch. I hate when people are like, well, just turn it off. I'm not hate watching the show. I want the show to be good. I'm watching SmackDown because I want to enjoy it. Not because I'm like, let me find the worst shit about it. It's like, no, I want to. I fucking love pro wrestling, dude. If they're doing a good show, I'm in. When that, that post-match Royal Rumble shit, I was standing up in my space like, holy shit, this is great. This is amazing. I rewind it. I want it. It's not that I hate WWE. I don't hate WWE. That's silly. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this shit. Most, most importantly, and then at time, I spent 30 fucking years invested in this one company, not even all of professional wrestling. I just started being a full professional wrestling fan. For 25 of those years, I was just WWE. When people would say something like, it's all about WWE. What's your favorite show? WWE. What's your favorite WWE? People would be like, do you still like wrestling, Reggie? Do you still? It's all about, I don't hate this company. I want it to be a great show. I want Bray Wyatt to come out and have, I don't even care about five-star classes. I just want him to have some shit that's viable to me to want to fucking watch for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> I think he's a great guy. I don't like, I think people are kind of misconstrued of like, oh, what is he hate watching? I don't hate watch shit. That's dumb. I'm not an idiot. I love yeah. pro wrestling. I'm going to watch this shit because I like it. I, I thought Bray came off very likable in the press conference as well. I thought uh, listening yeah. to the press conference, I thought a lot of his his answers, I agreed with them. And I agreed when he said he doesn't watch his matches back. I'm like, I don't watch them shits back either. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we got... Uh, uh, Brain Moore says Cody said in that interview that he thought his neck tattoo was going to be smaller. Did he not look at the stencil once it was on him? Um, Seriously, what do you? I mean, the, it, he's had some funny shit about the tattoo too. Like, I watched the whole thing the way he was talking about how when he showed up in the production meeting and Jr. wouldn't stop staring at it, like, <laughs> and, to, and Tony Khan was like, really. Like, dude, it's coming out of, out of the top of your suit. Like, your suit can't even cover it up. We can still hilarious. see it. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a hilarious night when he first showed up on TV with it. Because um, mm-hmm. yeah, remember, no, he was wearing the scarf at C2E2, and everybody's like, uh... Yeah, hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, no, and actually, you are right when I think about it. They did air vignettes of this guy training for weeks oh, just for him to end up going against this Austrian guy at the end of the Rumble. It, it totally is Rocky IV. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is. Love it. Lo, um, Shot Kid says Logan Paul occupies the same space I put uh, ringside Glenn, Corny, and Vinny Rue, among others, who are nothing more than attention slash fame horse. Anytime I've tuned into WWE Ouch. recently, he and Dom are the two people I changed the channel on to not watch them. You didn't Ouch. like Dom and Ray's uh, NASCAR race? Um, well, <laughs> but see, I, I again, I think that uh, the Logan Paul stuff it has its place. I will say that. 
the Logan Paul stuff's not that offensive to me as it is to everybody I, else. I will say that I did not care about Logan Paul coming in and getting a title match right away. Yeah, and I do think that they've kind of understood now the way to position him as an outsider. Because even yes. when he came in a rumble and everybody jumped to him, he's like, no, like, no, we're not letting you get a title shot because mm -hmm. you haven't been here for months. And so I feel like that in the way they're building towards the Rollins match tells me that they've understood, like, the way wrestlers and some wrestling fans see Logan Paul now. Exactly. That's why it does, it's not as offensive to me. They're like, here's a celebrity. He's coming in. He's doing like, they're, yeah. they're positioning him in to, to get heat. And Rollins is going to really ramp it up here in the next few no, weeks. They're, they're going to they're smoke that match. Um, <laughs> that match is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. The Ricochet um, spot was fucking nuts. You know? Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So talking about a uh, report I uh, dropped yesterday. Uh, so shame monster says roh hopefully the tapings aren't always painfully quiet um Orlando. orl uh he says bounce uh bounce around do roh staples maryland vegas milwaukee shy nyc etc for tapings so i reported yesterday uh because there was a report that came out of voices of wrestling on their flagship show that uh ring of honor would be doing tapings on the 25th and 26th of february mm -hmm. and that they were going to basically tape like a month of shows there and that would be the build-up to super card of honor um four weeks of shows there which is very similar to the nxt taping schedule in orlando actually right uh yeah. the old one black and gold so i followed up on that report and got some details found out it will be taped in orlando uh and so at the universal uh that part I could not know. confirm. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's my hunch. Uh, yeah, I would think so, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we dropped that on Fightful Select yesterday. Now it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and shout out to everybody who uses the name Will Washington when uh, actually sharing that report and not just Fightful, which granted <laughs> it was published on Fightful, but a I let few him places know said, who said it. Bro. Yeah, a few places were like Fightful's Will Washington reports, yes. blah, 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 blah. And then some were just like, well, Fightful reports. And it's like, okay, give me my credit, damn it. Because you know, you would be like <laughs> Dave Meltzer said, you wouldn't no, say- They would, when you say yeah. the wrestling reporter said. Yeah, yeah you would mm -hmm. say the specific one, or you'd say mm -hmm. Sean Ross Sapp said. So you know yeah, what, I'm not, a, I'm not a reporter. I don't do this that often. So the few times I do, yeah. Put my name on it. It's Respect on the story. On my yeah. name. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I did find out that that's where it's going to be. I couldn't confirm the location. That's my hunch is that it's Universal Studios, but uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't willing Never to know. say definitively in the story that that's what it's going to be. Um, have, have we said also, you know, good luck to Maria and hopefully, you yeah. know, surgery went surgery went well. So, mm -hmm. no. well wishes yeah. to her. Yeah, well, yeah, well wishes to Maria. To Maria. Um, and. Uh, a Ring of Honor staple, Maria Kanellis. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully she's able to make all of that. That'd be yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, so the cool thing about uh, all of this is it's going to be good to have weekly TV back for Ring of Honor. Yep. Um, you know, Jeff Jarrett talked about how he attended the last dark tapings at Universal Studios and he felt like there's some things that could change. And of course, no. if there's anybody more experienced with wrestling tapings at Universal Studios, <laughs> it is Jeff motherfucking Jarrett. <laughs> that man experienced them in WCW. Studio wrestling man, he's experienced with. He's experienced with every kind of wrestling there could ever yes. be. Yes, but that man 
taped there for years with Impact, and so he knows mm-hmm. studio tapings. And so yeah. he at least knows walking into it, all right, this is what you got to do for studio tapings. And so I, I am hoping that we can see a little bit of his expertise on the matter uh, make its way into whatever they end up taping for Ring of Honor. And also um, on top of that, the other news that they announced this week that uh, AEW is going to be doing house shows now. House shows. Also a Jeff Jarrett, I'm guessing, thing. because he's Yeah, he, he said that directly. Yeah. Yeah. On his podcast, he straight up said, "This is me, and I'm gonna be my <laughs> <a> world." <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, these house shows are my world." And this is, uh, he said that you know, if anybody knows running, you know, little ass he knows. towns, yeah, he, knows. he knows, he knows running them, and mm. that's what he's gonna bring to the table. I'm happy for that. Let's see what that ends up doing for the roster. Should so, be interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Ring of Honor Weekly TV. It's gonna be on Honor Club. Um, I'll subscribe. Hell, Fightful. If you need anybody to do Ring of Honor post shows. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm in for those. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. actually, give it to Reg before you do that. I already yeah, have enough yeah. shows. Totally. Uh, yeah, so... definitely. Sign me up. I'm here for these Ring of Honor post shows, baby. Yeah. So, uh, got to do those on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. That show's going to So, be how, d- how fast is it going to be? Do we, do we know that? Like, how fast from tapings to. Release. Well, so my theory is if they're taping four shows over those two days, um, there's only four weeks before right. Supercard of Honor. So mm. essentially, I imagine they're just going to have to start pumping those out like that week. Right. Uh, pretty much you tape and then uh, I would guess, yeah, you pretty much have to start dropping them the very next week mm. uh, and just drop them one by one. You tape four shows. Bam, 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 bam. You're built up into Supercard of Honor. Lit. Cool. I'm excited. And then, honestly, I would tape, if I were Tony, I know he's going to do a buy-in, but, like, I would also do that thing NXT used to do, which is at TakeOvers. Oh, yeah. Remember, they would tape matches for NXT TV. Use the big crowd that's there to to get a taping in. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I would do that, too. uh, That's where uh, Velveteen Dream debuted. Oh, here he goes. In Chicago. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Mr. CJ Lilly says, if Sammy had won the Rumble, you wouldn't have had the closing segment. That was perfect. And Gunther versus Cody right. is a good post WrestleMania feud for Cody. I feel totally that too. Um, Alex Luna says, does Cody relinquish the Universal Title the next night? Big thing he talks about is wanting is only wanting the WWE title. He's never said he only wants the WWE title. That's just the one he keeps name dropping because. Honestly, that's a generic name for a title. You could also I, yeah, just I just say, think it's in his brain. He's like, the WWE title's the big title over there. Here, he hasn't gotten used to being like the universal undisputed blah, 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 or that shit. Though. Yeah, because so, on Raw, he did directly say yeah. the undisputed universal championship. Mm-hmm. He said it that way. Um, and <laughs> that's what, it's the same thing Sami Zayn said. Because like when you're having the promos written, of course, you're going to get the nomenclature, right? But like if you're just you know, talking in an interview, you're going to be like, yeah, I want the WWE championship. I don't think it was. <laughs> Are you I don't think it, Cody... he's put as much thought into it as people think he was. Are you saying that Cody was doing a Ronda thing? Were you saying he doesn't want to say Universal Championship? <laughs> I, I think he's just saying things. I think he's just like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just a generic name for a belt, and that's it, I think what he's been talking about this whole time. It, it that's my little, theory on it. It is a little funny that those quotes kept coming out that Ronda doesn't want to say Women's Championship, and the next thing you know, she's not champion anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Shy mm-hmm. Town Spurs says the fans that would be bothered by this don't go to WWE shows. There won't be booing. I agree. I I, I yeah. do. 
I do think that some of the crowd that goes to those shows do want to see Sammy get that moment, but I do feel like that's more of an internet thing than the people that go to the shows. I do think Cody could get booed in Canada. Um, that yeah. I think totally. just by being, and I don't even think it has Depends a lot to on do. Who's wrestling in Canada though, right? Uh, I don't know. Canada. Remember, Canada got known as as Jay, uh, Jerry Lawler would put it. It's bizarre land. Um, but it's uh, I kind of know though something about Cody. I don't know uh, because I could see in Canada this guy coming out draped in American flags and yeah. having I mean, called himself I, the I'd American Nightmare. I'd be wanting to boom sometimes, honestly. With all the like, I could see flag. that in in Canada, um, and because I think about like uh, where was and I bet you it was Montreal, wasn't it? Actually, mm. now that I'm saying this out loud, where was No Way Out 2003? That was Montreal, right? Mm. Uh, probably the same exact arena. Um, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. All right. Uh, no Way Out 2003. Because that show had, um, wasn't it Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho on it? And the fans booed Jeff Hardy. Uh, and that's like one of the only times Jeff Hardy's gotten a negative reaction his whole mm-hmm. career was, uh, specifically WWE. But Jeff was Hardy that versus Rock Chris Hogan, too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fans were not into Jeff Hardy on that show, though. And man. wow, man, that's crazy. And I mean, man, we haven't heard anything about Jeff. I hope he's okay, man. Yeah, I, I've heard a little bit about Jeff, but not nothing I'm willing to put out there because it's not my. Um, this is a little more than just wrestling, but yes. uh, But as far yeah. as his rehab stuff is concerned, I kind of know the details on that, but um, not that I'm willing to say publicly without clearing some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Jake Salazar said, the fact that Bray Wyatt shamelessly said he's proud of his work will forever be hilarious to me. Like, come on, bro. You know this is absolute trash. He don't think so. I don't think he so, does but, that. But, yeah. but see, I don't even understand that. Like, of course he'd be proud of what he's doing. He He's enjoying what he's doing. What's wrong with that? Like, that'd be like if, if somebody that doesn't like our podcast was like, yo, y'all are proud of that? Yeah. Yeah. Very proud. <laughs> yeah. Leonard Aaron says, I won't ever drink pitch black because of that match. Might be one of the worst matches I've ever seen, ever. The Bray Worst is atrocious right now. Um, Jake Salazar says, Cinnamon Toast Crunch in a cell match. Uh, let's see. Chi-Town Spurs says, speaking of crossovers, when are we getting that AEW Last of Us crossover show? I could see them doing it, actually. I mean, they did the, the Game of Thrones stuff. Makes perfect sense. Last of Us, by the way, has been dope. And this is coming from somebody who's never played the Last of Us games. And people keep asking me, how can you watch a show without playing the game? That's exactly why I like the show, guys. Uh, because you I don't know the show without playing the game. Yeah. I don't know the story. Right. And so therefore, all of this is surprising to me. That moment that happens in the first episode with um uh, a certain person that I'm not going to say anything if you don't know the story, but like everybody who's played the games was like, yeah, how could you not see that coming? And I'm like, cause I haven't played the video games. I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, but I am enjoying this story. People, I, I, I even appreciate the people who have played the games who are like, wow, I really love how accurate this is to the games. And that's cool. I want you to watch it from that perspective. Don't ask me to watch it from that perspective. I'm not going to play the games right now because I'm too into the show. And I want to experience the show. I want to experience the story as new, not as a comparison. It's kind of like the same thing with Game of Thrones, where I, I knew people who read the books and were like, oh, well, this is inaccurate. This is inaccurate. That's cool. I'm taking this in as its accurate. own thing. It's fucking dragons shooting fire <laughs> at each other. Like, or, or appreciating that it is accurate. Whatever. I, to me, I'm just like, I'm just taking this in as a brand new story. But I am three episodes in uh, loving The Last of Us. It's very good. That's what's up. So um, if this is an accurate video game show, 
cool. Um, if it's not an accurate video game show, I don't care. I think it's a good show. Uh, so that's that's it. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't get a lot of uh, adaptations from video games that are good. So mm-hmm. you gotta take them when you can get them. And I just want it to be good. I don't care if it's uh, accurate per se. Except Mortal Kombat. Man, I want a Mortal Kombat to just be fucking accurate. Mm-hmm. But mainly because the story is good to me, that's and I think that the story wasn't good in the more recent Mortal Kombat. But some movie. of those we just like set ourselves up because we want like them to be shooting them to do special effects that are gonna look okay and it's just so hard to mm-hmm. shoot a yeah. fucking fireball. <laughs> uh let's see. WWE LOL says WWE did brain LA night dirty. No way the match was cut short with it being sponsored. WWE should know that match needed to be longer. I don't think they had it, a plan. I it didn't need th- to be longer. I think it, it worked the way it was. I don't think it needed to be longer. Yep. Uh, Adam says, what happens if the wrong people won the Rumble, like Logan Paul wins the men's or Lacey Evans wins the women's instead of Cody and Rhea? What happens then? I mean, what, I've, what have you just done? No, what? I don't. I'm, Lacey won in the women's Rumble. No, I, I have thought what? about that, right? Like, what if, Ugh. you know, there's the spots, and granted, they prepare for these things in their preparation. But, of course, you have to think about those instances where, like, Rhea Ripley... Because it happened, it's happened before, right? Batista was not supposed to fall out of the ring at the 2005 Rumble. He just lost his balance with Cena on his shoulders and fell over the ropes. What does happen in that instance where, like, oops, that Cody Rhea Ripley <laughs> slip off the apron was beautiful, too. Yeah, I, I was so scared, though, because it's mm-hmm. like, you know in your mind she's supposed to win. Yeah. But what, she if could, she what if she out of, uh, accidentally touched yeah, both feet on she, the outside? Yeah, she did a great job with that. I mean, and, and the way they built to that finish was so good. The payoff of it being, you know, continuity from the rumble she lost and the, the YouTube clip where she said, I'm not going to make that same mistake. I'm not mm-hmm. going to choose friendship this time. I thought that was a very good finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, again, what does happen in an instance where, like, Cody is hanging on to the outside, but then accidentally, like, his fingertips just aren't able to grab a hold of the rope? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad that it hasn't had to happen. In the ring and bust both the squads. That's what happened. <laughs> Hunter's already torn both quads, so like he can't. He well, can't what's happen? Oh, it's Hunter that does it this time. You're right. Yeah, they're Hunter comes out, out and down, bust both yeah. the squads, sitting on the ground, and they're both looking at. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. yeah. But I mean, because like I said, we have seen the winner on the outside over the top rope in Batista. So, or you're gonna get me in trouble with my mom because I'm gonna call the WWF hotline trying to find out who won between Bret Hart and Lex Luger, and get the phone bill back, and she's gonna be pissed. They could also do that, do an ending where you have to call in to the WWF hotline to, to hear the winner, and then I get in trouble. Thanks a lot, Vince McMahon. You've been fucking me over for a long time, sir. <laughs> Mr. CJ Lilly says uh, wrestling has more than one royal family. The bloodline versus the Rhodes will be a good story. Thoughts yeah. on Oscar? Uh, yeah, we already just answered that one. Um, let's see. We got... I'm going to keep going because uh, we got a wrap soon. So uh, JB Love says, Woke up just in time to hear Phil burning down the Snyderverse. Grabs always <laughs> an awesome start to the weekend. I, Much love, gentlemen. I didn't burn down the Snyderverse. Warner Brothers did. They saw that shit was trash yeah, and got that yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Heiss uh, says... What would be the best fit for Jay White? Love what you guys do. I don't know, man. I I don't know, man. I I, I could see him doing either one. Like, because we got access on Ask too. I could see him going to AEW. I could see him going to WWE as well. Um, 
I feel like right now, if he wanted to get slotted right into the world title scene, um, WWE might be the better pick yeah. because I feel like now is a perfect time for him to slide in. Um, he's got kind of history with Cody. You've got history with Finn Balor there. Well, don't have history with Finn Balor. You have connections with Finn Balor there. Um, there's interesting stuff he could do with WWE. Brainmore says, at least uh, it, he shouldn't run for president, LOL. Um, not sure who that was in Rock, reference to. Probably, uh, probably Cody. Probably Cody. Uh, 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 he did say he was running for senator. I don't know if he's still. Oh, that's that. right. He yeah, was he saying did. that. That's right. That's right. Tom Talks Rubbish says, love that you all put your families first. Big love. Thanks for being awesome. Uh, I think it was in reference to me not being able to make mania. Um, I mean, yeah, my family will always come before anything. Uh, Dragon Master Adam says, do you think WWE should send trainees on excursions? That would yeah, be great. Um, I've been saying think... they need to send Dom to Mexico for so long to learn how to fucking do Lucha Libre like his dad, but they're never going to do it. Uh, Anime Utaku says, um, since Swerve Singh is hating second-gen wrestlers, should he at least tease going for Soraya <laughs> and or Negative One, even though TK and Warner Bros. Discovery <laughs> Why you got to beat up Negative One? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hope people see what this is tying into, <laughs> which is that um, specifically he's tired of the roads. And the reason he's tired of the roads is because of uh, all of the stuff that they they take from Dusty. And Dusty just happened to um, have a big influence on a lot of former NXT guys, including uh -huh. a guy who he gave a nickname to, uh -huh. Limitless Keith Lee. Uh -huh. Very interesting. <laughs> like, hopefully this is all coming together for you that mm -hmm. Keith Lee was named named limitless for being by like, Dusty. I don't like what your dad did is for like a reason. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh Mr. CJ Lilly said the Sammy losing to Roman is like Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. We know Order 66 is coming and it's sad when it happens, but it's the saddest point. I don't know um, what that sentence was just saying, but he was Revenge of the Sith. You had to see it. Um Anakin Skywalker kills a bunch of children. Um uh, and <laughs> Master Skywalker, what do we do? <laughs> 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 So, um night track says bray's little characters ain't it y'all called it uh don't <laughs> hey as phil says don't put him in that he yeah. is so uh, his hands are clean mm -hmm. irene c says uh to lessen any possible fan backlash after losing at elimination chamber i think sammy will give cody his blessing to beat roman for him and the fans i, I mean so. if the reaction goes 2015 brian that didn't work brian mm -hmm. was very much like okay i lost roman you do your thing and Which fans was, were like we like, don't buy that not no nope, we still want to see you win bro that, that nope, we're not taking that <laughs> yeah but i don't think it's the same story it's not so the same. there's that no, it's not uh, Orlando Oregano says, I will never forget when Flo Rida got beat in a rap battle to Bo Dallas. I was there to see it live. Yo. That's the I good thing I want to say about Uncle Howdy. He cooked Flo Rida. <laughs> Albert Pott says, since WWE reached to out to both Rock and Austin to face Roman at Mania, is there a chance Roman retains and Cody wins at SummerSlam to keep the streak alive? Oh, Don't I do that. that. There's no reason oh, to have Cody that. in his one goal lose on his first attempt. Don't do that. There's no reason to at this stage. Um, don't I don't. Feet, man. Not trying to hold out on trying to get the rock and stone cold. Yeah, that's not yeah. No. Like I'm not a fan yeah. of kicking the can down the road when you don't have to. Mm -hmm. uh, I I hope Hunter knows better than that because you don't have to do that. What do you get out of Roman retaining that you haven't gotten for the last three years? It's over. Yeah. 
No. Numbers. Please don't do Um, But Cody numbers are great. So, like, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Uh, Antoine Fair says, so I think people in the IWC are trying to put Sammy and Daniel Bryan in the same mode. But the thing that is different is Bryan was on uh, man against the system. Sammy, if they change that, uh, affects four people. Again, it's yeah. just it's never yeah. been about the title for Sammy. Absolutely. And now it is, mm-hmm. but you do that for the chamber, and that's it. And I mean, I feel like he made that pretty clear last night in his promo when he was like, no, this was never about the title for me. I actually was not a threat to you. But again, I feel like that's the story they've been telling between Roman and Sammy is that Sammy really never wanted anything from him. And I think it's that Roman got paranoid because that's the Roman character. He got paranoid and he felt like, no, you're always going to pick Kevin Owens over me. And he got, he got insecure. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Orego says, uh, Becky versus Bailey does not feel like a WrestleMania match. IMO. I wonder what they do with Becky this year. Uh, yeah. Um, I think they're going to end the Bailey stuff with the, with the cage match. I don't think they're going to extend that to WrestleMania. Yeah. Albert I don't know says, what they're doing with Becky. I feel like Sammy as champ would go over like Liv. He can beat mid guys, but not Lashley, Seth, Drew, Cody. He would be a placeholder, and that sucks. I I agree. I I think that he would fill the void of kind of like Foley as champion, where it would be a good moment. But I don't think that that's a long term thing. Jared says swap women's tag for women's mid card. I think swap SmackDown uh, title for women's mid card to me is what I would do. It already kind of is. I wouldn't mind if they turned the SmackDown Women's Championship into like an IC title. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they, they should go with two without having two singles titles at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, this is where we disagree. I don't want two titles of anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no more two titles. Uh, Night Tracks says the Iconics were the only actual tag team who won. Yeah, they are. But I mean, Bailey and Sasha were a tag team. They, they, cared about tag team wrestling they they did an entire um training and everything with ftr to be a tag team so they were a tag team they were a tag team but i get the idea that they weren't you know uh the iconics were not based around being singles performers they were a true tag team right Um, yeah and i I, like i said i get what he's saying but bailey and sasha their aspirations were to be a tag team their aspirations were to build a division and that's different than just putting two singles wrestlers together because the whole time they were a tag team they weren't like all right i want to be uh smackdown or raw women's champion as well they paid their entire focus was on tag team wrestling uh mr cj lily says they need to start bringing people to nxt as tag teams to start like toxic attraction and then and the current champions uh make ready or ready-made tag or make ready-made tag teams that's they they need to just start signing women's tag teams like they do with the men i've been saying this for the longest go and sign the renegade twins they're a ready-made tag team go and sign yep. somebody like the sea stars they're tag team and yep. and the renegade twins were great on uh rampage yeah. last night by the way mm-hmm. yeah so no sign women's tag teams and, and really that good. way you don't you don't have to develop them in a company they already exist yeah uh jb love says the last of us is my favorite game and this show is on fire more adaptations like this please um yeah we need speaking like of a, which, though, a big dug game maybe like yeah. uh speaking um, of which if you guys haven't played hi-fi rush that's so good it's like that's gonna be a hard one to beat for game of the year it's in game pass it surprise dropped last week 
and I think literally it is graphically the most beautiful game I have played in years. Um, very inventive gameplay. I love that it's rhythm-based combat, and uh, I like it. I, I, I like the rhythm base of the combat. I also like that it warns you at the very beginning. They're like, would you like to play this game in stream mode? What is stream mode, you ask? Uh, well... Of this game has a lot of licensed music that might get your channel or shit flagged. So if you play um, this game in stream mode, it'll replace the songs with uh, original songs that are of the same tempo. So you're still playing the game at the, the right beat, but you're not getting the licensed music. And I thought, that's kind of genius. Like, how, no, that, how have no other games done that for people? That's where we are in gaming, that, you know, people have to care about what streamers are doing because streamers are such a big part of the gaming community now yeah that's cool and, and yeah and the idea of yeah let's make sure we don't get your channel flagged we're not going to put licensed music here i think that's a great idea yeah i haven't played it yet i've i've downloaded it but i haven't played it yet i've every time i turn my xbox on i have been playing overwatch because overwatch <laughs> is an addictive, addictive game yeah I, I mean it's only six hours long so like and for me i love that i know the average gamer is like the longer the game, the better. But look, man, I got two kids upstairs right now. I got a whole lot of housework to do. I'm not trying to play a 100-hour game right now. When they said this game's only six hours, I thought, yes, that's more of this, please. Like, I want a straight six-hour story. I can sit, play it in two sittings, and I'm good. Or when I found out it was six hours, I actually played it over the span of six days, played an hour a day. I was done in a week. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, the same vein of like Jet Set Radio or like Sunset yeah. Overdrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very good. It's and like the gameplay is very Devil May Cry, um, but like the combat's very rhythm based. And mm. instead of penalizing you, at, penalizing your character, because they're like it even warns you. It says your moves will always be on beat, <laughs> but if but so no matter when you time out your attack, he's always going to attack on beat but it's we're grading you on how you were able to basically hit the button to the beat of this song and uh you can also do beat assist where it's got a little pulse at the bottom where so you can at least see when the if you the ain't got no rhythm yeah, yeah. so <laughs> there's that too uh let's see jake salazar says bray being proud of this is like me operating the crane at work and dropping something and clocking out being like, yeah, I'm proud of today. Jake is on Bray's neck. They need to come yeah. at him and not at we, me. We get it. You don't like Bray, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. DNC it's... Digital says, NXT talent allowed to work indie dates now. Hope all is well, guys. Big fan. Sending love. By the way, feel, uh, felt nostalgic and started typing, or wait, and started binging Ghostwriter. Oh, man, I forgot about that show. NXT talent allowed to work indie dates. Is that real? Is that real? I hadn't heard that. Um, mm. Did that come out of news today? Huh. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, that's cool if they're allowing it. Yeah, that yeah. would be really cool. Yeah, uh, chat, is that a thing? Um, either way, uh, folks, we have... Oh, wait, we got one more. One more from Board Dude 360 I can't get it up on the screen, but I'm going to read this. It's another Bray one. Uh, it says, I hate to say it, however... Vince was right with Bray. The guy is trash, and if he's happy with this crap, he should go make crap scary movies for Shudder or something. Uh, I have found fun in treating Uncle Howdy like a sassy Southern gent. I do declare. Um, and Vince was not a, right because half of this was his fucking fault. That was oh, yeah. a, that was a codaholic uh, inside joke, by the way. The I declare thing is hilarious. Yeah. 
Uh, and speaking of speaking of uh, cultaholic, uh, this Wednesday on um, uh, day after dynamite, I am reuniting with uh, my longtime former collaborator, but guy I have known for years, Tom Campbell. Uh, he and I are going to be co-hosting uh, day after dynamite this week. Shout out to Tom. He celebrated a birthday this week, too. He did. And I have known Tom a really long time. I mean, the first podcast I ever did with Tom, we previewed WrestleMania 23. And uh, it talked about whose head we thought was going to be shaved <laughs> uh, in the Battle of the Billionaires. Is Shawn Michaels going to walk out WWE champion? Me and Tom have known each other a very, very, very long time. He used to write a segment for RBR on the weekly called The Lightning Round. I think I, I mean, I barely ever told people that, but that segment um, used to be kind of a weekend update type segment where we would read news headlines, um, wrestling headlines in kind of funny ways. Tom wrote all of those. Ah, cool. uh, so um, I've always we relied need to bring on that back. <laughs> I know. I kind of like that idea. I kind of like that concept. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, that was it. That was a Tom Campbell thing. He was very good at it. And uh, except when he didn't know American references. I remember there was one where um, he didn't know what whiteout was called. And he's like, uh, he messaged me and he's like, what do you guys call liquid paper? And I was like, uh, whiteout? And he goes, okay, cool. Um, and... Liquid paper. <laughs> I've never heard anybody call it that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's an American brand, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that... So it was funny how there was a little disconnect between some of the references he had to make jokes uh, for. It's like we we say Q-tips, they say they don't say Q-tips. So like little things like that were how we had a disconnect. But it was fun. It was a good time. I love Chris, Tom Campbell because they don't call it chips. They call yeah. French fries. Chips. Shout out to Beans on Toast Twitter. Y'all y'all are lit. <laughs> Anyway, Brian Alvarez was who put it out there that they can work indie dates now. So, oh, um, very interesting. Interesting. So that's that I great way like, to end. I feel like that's their part of sc- point of scouting other places. To yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, either I way. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everybody who checked out uh, Grap City this week. It's always a fun time. It's the most time I get to spend doing a podcast. I have literally spent five hours with these two guys this week mm-hmm. podcasting, and we'll, we can probably talk for even more, but Sean's not paying us for any more. So that wraps up this edition of uh, Gravity. No, shout out Jimmy Van, actually. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it for this edition of City. Thank you for being here. Uh, for Philip Lindsay, for Righteous Reg, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.